0: An A to Z of UK TV drama with Andy Priestner and Martin Holmes.
1: Andrew Ward
0: Welcome back to an A to Z of UK TV drama with me Andy and me Martin. Hey Martin. Hello. So, how is the world treating you?
1: Oh, well, you know, we're still sort of isolating in our in our little hovel, which is all very appropriate for what we're doing today,
0: I suppose. <laughs> yes, staying away way. from the world, keeping yeah. out of their way. Very studio bound at the moment. <laughs> very much. <laughs> so, we are here to discuss to explore to celebrate no less um i claudius indeed gosh a television epic i think A television is the, epic is yeah. the subtitle of the documentary on the dvd it is yes i did watch that yesterday i thought i'd better yeah.
1: uh, seeing as seeing as i see you've been doing all your research i thought i would better at least cast an eye over something to, <laughs> yes. to vaguely look like i know what i'm talking about i actually <laughs> sat here this morning thinking I wish I'd watched it twice now. <laughs> oh gosh, because no. there's so much. I mean, it it, it was what twelve episodes uh, for in in uh, the the latter part of 1976 it was broadcast, um, and it there's a lot of it. I mean, it's twelve it's 13 hours, isn't it? Nearly damn it. I mean, yeah, so, it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of incident, and it's a lot. It's a it's a complicated thing. I, I was kind of thinking that there's a lot to talk about, and and if you try and sort of trace all the family trees and everything, as as a listener, you're probably going to go. What? So you know, I mean, and it basically breaks down into four segments, doesn't it? There's the Augustus era, the Tiberius era, the uh, Caligula era, and the Claudius era, and yeah, and it sort of breaks down into those four segments, and they, these sort of well they all obviously interconnect but um
0: but that's basically how it breaks down so yeah also known as the julio-claudian emperors yep yes more on that later um someone did a course back in the day oh did they really
1: i'll just shut up now for an hour and a half and let you get on
0: so i want to start off by talking about my first experience by claudius and then i'd like you to do the same so oh, I okay. first saw it on repeat in January 1986 I discovered this right. because of the v- tremendously useful BBC Genome service okay. And yeah, there was a repeat run Which I guess, just this made me terrified That it was literally just a 10 year repeat It was 10 years after the original broadcast yes, that's And right. that made me think, oh my god So I was only watching it 10 years after it was made I couldn't mm. believe how long ago that was
2: Indeed, <laughs> indeed
0: because I remember watching it in 86 thinking, this looks pretty ancient. And this is <laughs> <laughs> only 10 years old.
1: Because uh, so, you, you all, all, all that hip-happening modern EastEnders kind of stuff that you were
0: watching. Exactly. <laughs> I knew, What's I definitely, this old crap? <laughs> I definitely, no, I definitely knew it was better than Doctor Who at the time, I'll tell you that. But uh, um, I was watching it, I, I, I just caught it by accident, I think. And right. I really got into it. And then I was in school, Um, I was 13, and... I was doing Latin and... As you don't? Yes, you don't anymore. And I did it because I just was shit at French and right. I didn't want to do German. And mm. it's the only language I did it um, in the end. Right. Um, did you have to do Latin oral exams out of interest? No. Okay, I uh, thought, what would be the point in that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't help me with my Latin, I tell you, because I think I got a C in the end, which is, uh. I, was, I was predicted an A, failed. So I thought it just didn't help with that. But, but my Latin teacher, Mrs. Lawrence, she yes. said halfway through, um, yeah, so it's was a few weeks into the term, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you, know, you should be watching iClaudius, by the way, everyone watch iClaudius, it's a bit dodgy, your parents may think, why are you watching this, say so your Latin teacher said it's important, so I was already watching it, mm-hmm. and I thought precocious was... child that you were, <laughs> yes. and I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was pretty darn stunning and amazing, mm. and I didn't understand all of it at that age, but I knew it was good, Hmm. So, that was me in January 86. What about okay.
1: you, sir? Well, uh, it's interesting, actually, because I, I, I vaguely remember it, but I would have been mm, about 12 when it was first on. And yeah. uh, I, I can't remember what night of the week it was actually first broadcast on. Mondays. But it was Monday nights. So and okay, it was repeated on Saturday. So, okay. yeah. It's interesting. Because, um, I again, I suspect... I mean, my first proper viewing was. But then again, I was—I was a bit of a. By this stage, I was a bit of a, um, you know, telephile. I was—I was very much—I was buying the books about old telly. Hmm. But it was on, like you say, you know, I think it was on Wednesday nights because I was a student. But there was a... I, I, I was sort of drawn to it. You'd go around. People had TV sets in their rooms. You know, portable, black and white. So, yeah. uh, when uh, when you're on living on campus, so we would go round. You know, it became a, a really Sort of big event as part of oh, our week. fascinating! In, yeah. And so, so like half a dozen of us, or whatever, we're going to sit in a room, drink coffee, and watch I Claudius. You know, oh, wow. it was kind of um, it, it become. It was sort of something that people were talking about. You know, yeah. Uh, the the interesting thing to me, and I've not been able to get any kind of uh, absolute answer on this, but when I was a bit younger than that, I used yeah. to. I had a, a tape recorder. You know cassette tape recorder my grandfather bought me for my birthday and i used to record little bits of music that i liked off the tv so for some reason i would yeah i particularly liked the theme you know a theme to a program i would record it so for some reason the horses galore theme was one i really liked but also what's that hmm? i don't know but it it was it was it was just a uh one of these uh, you know it was in the children's television, but it had one of those theme tunes that you quite liked, you know, I quite liked. And one of the bits of music I picked up was the iClaudius theme, but that's because I think it was used in Emu's broadcasting company (laughs) to illustrate the EBC Serial Presents, and I genuinely think they used that, and that was probably my first exposure to the Claudius theme. So when the Claudius theme was on the programme itself, I was going, oh, that's that thing from Emu.
2: (laughs) <laughs> okay, but
1: That's I've not weird. been able to get any, and, and I, I sort of mentioned this on Twitter, and nobody responded So Maybe I, this is all in my my head, but mm. I just had this this vague sense that that I knew the tune before I knew the program. If you see what I mean, yeah. Weirdly enough, Yes. And then basically, I bought the uh, the cardboard box set about was it was about ten fifteen years ago now.
0: Oh, I uh, see. Okay, so I had the double video in nineteen eighty eight. Right, they were, they were they were gold, and they were, they were huge, and they didn't they were edited steam powered. Yeah, they were edited, so you, they just went on forever. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, there's only four videos, and they just went on endlessly. Uh-huh. And you like, but you didn't want them to end. No, but they only had the end credits on the very end of the last video. Right. So you have, they had to play the i Claudius theme, theme about four times in <laughs> order to get through all the credits. That's, <laughs> the, that's hilarious. Wow. Yeah, and I remember. So, and we'll pause. play
1: that in now.
0: <laughs> no, <I> won't. <laughs> so, I watched it then, and right. my sister Alex, who you know through the podcast, mm. uh, the Doctor Who podcast, she watched it as well. Then we just watched it endlessly. Then for between right. eighty-eight and ninety, I think we probably watched it about ten or eleven times. <laughs> so, okay, so you're
1: probably slightly more familiar. with I can say I should have watched it twice on Alfie. I, I should have watched it twelve times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then it came back into my life age 20 because right. I was doing a theology degree at Exeter University that was okay I should mm. never have done theology I should have done English but my grades weren't good enough um, and then I ended up getting really good grade for English and a, a crap grade for RE and I, but okay. it was too late because I'd already chosen the course but my way out of theology was there was this very exciting and more alluring department up the stairs from theology which was Classics Right. And I had the chance to take some options. They like, said, oh, by the way, you could do classics options if you want. And I'm like, what? Great. Uh, and I have uh, visions
1: of this stairwell now with sunbeams and dust yes, floating around. Well,
0: so, so, it, so <laughs> I must have been there. <laughs> so I did two. I did a Greek mythology course mm-hmm. and a course called the judeo Claudian Emperors. And I looked right. at the summary of this course thinking I don't know what that means. And I looked at the summary and I was like, Basically, this is the the reigns from Augustus to the end of Claudius. Interested? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, interested? I know all about this. <laughs> this is <just> like studying. <laughs> I'm so excited. But what I didn't know at the time was how lucky I was because it was taught by um, Professor T.P. Wiseman, who mm-hmm. later, infamously, was the, insp- well, had already been the inspiration for Dumbledore in the mind of the young J.K. Rowling, who also studied classics at Exeter. And yeah... He was a wonderful lecturer and a renowned classicist and he's written books about this period, particularly about Augustus, I think. Mm-hmm. And because I was so into I, Claudius, and he did say, you know, read, read the book and and watch the TV series as much as, you know, read the actual proper historical stuff by Teutonius and Tacitus mm. and Cassius Dio. Um, he was really quite populist in a way and he was very merry mm. Beard. He was very like, pro let's find out about how we're perceiving the roman empire today okay and basically i was kind of the irritating star pupil of the class <laughs> sir, sir, sir. and the classic sir, sir. the classic students hated me because there's the regular classic students and then there was <laughs> two or three interlopers from theology who they were we were there under sufferance anyway but yeah. then this Flipping the theology student knew more than all the classicists. They hated me. They oh my the looks I'd got. I was like bloody Hermione Granger. Maybe I was the inspiration for Hermione. Anyway, and I don't know. Maybe I'm going to spend the next hour and a half thinking much this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, be nice. And I'll come back. I must come back later to my moment of glory later. But it was completely okay. it was completely unearned. And it was completely from the fact that I just knew I Claudius more inside out than even he did. So, <laughs> but I had a moment of glory that he led Fair on enough. to think he was thinking I might explore this area of for research because I t- started talking about it in a seminar. Yes. Don't say indeed. You don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm just amazed. <laughs> I think you mean irritated. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, as a as a coder to that long oh, rambling yes. story, I got a two one for my theology in the end, but it was a, uh, it was all lifted up massively. But my two firsts for Greek mythology and the Julio Claudian emperors. Wow! So I did quite, quite well. So basically, what you're saying well. is you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not saying it for that reason. It's just
1: it's just a sidebar. <laughs> Well, but we, being the ignorant art student side of this.
0: You know, you've got the intellectual I just like view to, and the yokel view. You know, we, that's how I see we, it. Yeah, yeah. We'd we, we better... <laughs> educate me, Andrew. <laughs> yes. Eliza, I should bring you on through the podcast. <laughs> I'm not even allowed to call you that. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to call me Andrew. <laughs> no.
1: And, and <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, like
0: anyway. Anyway. Anyway, so, anyway, anyway. Enough about so here me. We're about
1: to talk about the telly version.
0: Before we is, get that way, hold your horses. Which which hold, which, Hold
1: which, Hold which, which, No which, which, no! Which. no Hold your no. horses. We have to
0: start in nineteen thirty
1: four. Oh, do we? Okay. I was I was thinking of up Pompeii, but there we
0: go. <laughs> We have to mention that Robert Graves wrote *I Claudius* in 1934, and it won awards. And then the following year, he wrote *I, um, not I Claudius the God*. That would be a long time. *I Claudius II. *I Claudius, Claudius two <laughs> Claudius, Claudius*. *The, the Revenge*. *I I 35. Claudius*. <laughs> How were they received at the time? Initially, people criticised. It was the 30s. People were a bit dull in the 30s, and they basically said, "It's too, it's too modern. There's too much slang. People didn't yes. really speak like this." No, but um, they were they
1: were too busy. Basically, you know. Trying to say how great the Nazis were, so let's you know, let's not forgive not, them. Not
0: that. everyone, not everyone. <laughs> let's not say that about everyone in the thirties. No,
1: just the poshos.
0: <laughs> the Poshos all poshos were Nazis, according to <laughs> Martin. Okay, good. I'm glad we've clarified. You that. That's a pull quote right there. <laughs> yeah, there anyway, are. just two short years later. Yes. Um, von Sternberg is that his name? <laughs> tried to get off the ground a film version just two years after it was. They must have really liked the book to go two years mm-hmm. later, Right, we're going to do an iClaudius Claudius film.
1: Um, well, they do do. I mean, people do make contemporary, you know, films sp- of contemporary novels. So I suppose it's just that thing, isn't it?
0: You know, intended to anyway. star, intended to star Charles Lawton, uh-huh. Flora Robson, who was thirty, uh-huh. playing an 80 year old Livia in it. And, okay. Mer- and Merle Oberon Which always makes right. me think of French and Saunders When right. there's that sketch in which Jennifer Saunders rings up Ken Bishop and she says Ken, who play- who sang the Kinky Boots song? And he says Merle Oberon <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lovely As Claudius, presumably
0: So, did you see any of the bits of the 1937 film As preparation for the podcast Is my question I didn't, I didn't this time, no This time? <laughs> No, I, I, I,
1: I had a finite amount of time and I didn't watch all the extras,
0: it's true. <laughs> no, no, but it was just... Everyone says, oh, it looked like it was the best film that was ever made and I was thinking, it looks really creaky and it looks like Charles Lawton didn't know what he was doing. But maybe Thir- that's because he's not Derek Jacobi. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 30s films
1: are problematical, generally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they can, I mean there's, uh, what, what's that other... Um, Film with uh, with Lawton, where he plays the king. Is it is Henry VIII? Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, they, they, yeah. It's 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 a very much an outdated style of, of performance. Let's put it that way, you know. And of course, camera moves weren't what they were, and all that kind of thing, you know. I imagine yeah. it would have been, you know. Uh, I mean, it's not that there aren't good films made in the '30s. It's just that depending on budget, there are better films than some films better than others that were made in the '30s. So, oh,
0: yeah. I thought this was another sweeping generalisation of yours for the '30s.
1: <laughs> oh, I love the Thin Man films. I absolutely adore the Thin oh, Man right. films. I love, I, okay. I, and I'm am still a big fan of the the Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes. Oh so, yes, you know, yeah. so. The, it, but those those are still at the cheap end you know but, you, but yeah. you kind of imagine that if they tried to make it on that sort of budget it would have been a problem but if they if they did the full um, you know well heston was later but those sort of religious epic kind of effect on it it might have been it might have been the film of the decade you never know
0: yeah
1: I mean would that be about two years before gone with the wind wouldn't it mm. mm-hmm. is all that, is that
0: right so yeah. apparently Lawton would come in each day and he'd be in the dressing room with Merle Oberon, and basically saying, "Who played Messalina?" Hey, up, Merle. <laughs> I can't How get into the doing? part, Merle. I can't get into the character, Merle. Was basically what he said every day. And someone he,
1: needs to teach him the difference between a stutter and a stammer.
0: <laughs> honestly, he's not good. But um, it didn't matter because he didn't. It didn't carry on. And the reason that was given, okay. formally and officially for the the film not being made was that Merle O'Bron had a car accident which he did but and it was it was put down to this curse of Claudius which oh, we'll come back to you later Indeed. or
1: was it poison
0: uh, yeah. but <laughs> I think the chances are it's the fact that the director didn't get on with Charles Lawton's performance right. and although I've seen one good clip of him yeah. speaking in the Senate after he gets given the imperatorship I do okay. think it's a bit of a variable performance, and that's okay. probably more likely to be the reason why it was not taken up anyway mm-hmm. zipping so do you know forward. Know anything more
1: about do you know anything more about Robert graves i mean um yeah. not his no, career apart I, mean, from not. I know
0: he wrote goodbye to all that mm-hmm. um and that he kind of wrote i Claudius and Claudius the God to pay off a pay off a loan I think
1: <laughs> as writers do. <laughs>
0: Um, but I think he was quite populist for the time, right? But um, I think he was one of the translators of Suetonius for Penguin, so that meant that he kind of had a real close affinity with the subject matter. So he, he, he was a he was a classicist. So yeah, hmm. yes. Anyway, I've just realised we should pull back. Um, okay. I was thinking we should do a, a, a synopsis. Okay. Synopsis away Claudius, the much-pitied, stammering, lame embarrassment to Rome's imperial family, is writing um, a history of the exploits of his murderous and increasingly depraved family. It's the tale of Emperor Augustus and his dangerous domineering wife, Livia, hell-bent on securing power for her son, Tiberius, before moving on to his bloody reign. And then you've got the insanity of his nephew, Caligula, and finally, Claudius' own surprising accession to to being emperor um, which is a power he never wanted and the question of will he will he be a good emperor because we know he's a good man how will he do so that's is that okay as a synopsis sounds
1: all right to me
2: yeah good
1: there's
0: a lot of it though isn't there i mean it's actually very difficult to break down into yeah.
1: you know a few sort of sentences really you know.
0: so i was thinking we should link back to um, fortunes of war because the producer of Fortunes of War was Betty Willingale mm-hmm. And Betty Willingale, as I live and breathe Was no less than the script editor of I, Claudius. Wow, she went I up didn't. in the world Well, this is earlier, yeah, so yes mm-hmm. And she'd had this dream team Working mm. with Martin Lismore Who was the producer okay. And they'd worked previously on The Golden Bowl And right. that was well regarded That was a few years before
2: Right. Hmm.
0: But he was, he was like at the absolute top of his game, Martin Lismore. I mean, famously, he died just a few months after finishing Claudius. Yes. But, but he'd done Our Mutual Friend, the Dickens adaptation, How Green Was My Valley, which had Sean Phillips as the lead female and she, yeah. Um, the Palaces, which I never got on with. Right. But, about, and also, Cousin Bet. Have you seen Cousin Bet? I have not. All oh, right. So Cousin Bet is probably a good contender for C when we go round again. Okay. 1971, Margaret Tizak in the lead role, mm-hmm. and it is just the most amazing TV program. And it's yeah. completely unknown. Right. I've turned loads of people onto that, and they're like, "Oh my god, this okay. is incredible." Anyway. Right. So
1: everything's kind of
0: weaving together
1: in in the in the pot of the BBC. There's these actors that were known, and these these producers and directors and people that were known, and it all comes together to make Claudius. Is that basically what we're saying?
0: Um, well, I'm just saying that he was a key producer at the time. I mean, right. We should, we should mention the director was of good good pedigree as well. Herbie Hi. Wise, Herbert Wise. Herbie, Hi. who'd previously done Vienna 1900, which is a TV series that I don't know anything about, and I looked into it the other a few months ago because I was like, I never know anything about this, and because mm. it was directed by him, I wanted to find out more. Mm. But um, he did the wedding episode of Upstairs Downstairs, the big wedding that ends the first series, so mm. he was kind of brought in to do good stuff, right? So well, I, I, I just wonder boy. whether whether I mean was was Claudius a
1: project that someone wanted to do and. He was attached to it, or was it his project that he wanted to do, and he brought the people together? If you
0: see, well, what I mean. think it was Jack Pullman more than anyone else. So the right. writer-adapter Jack Pullman, who bless him, married to no less than Agripanilla Barbara Young in real life. All <laughs> oh, right, well, fair <laughs> um, He had previously written or adapted Portrait of a Lady, The Golden Bowl, again with Lismore War and Peace, famously in 1970, Okay. and so he had a pedigree, and he took on the monumental task of adapting Claudius. Yeah,
1: yes. I noticed on his on his, um, his his listing, he had something called I Buddenbrook, and I just wondered whether he had this affinity for things
0: with I in the title. <laughs> oh, right,
1: just a coincidence. You know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. No, but um. I rather like this, um, this this stupid aside. Is that as I said, Jack Pullman was married to Barbara Young Agrippinilla. Herbie mm-hmm. Wise was before I Claudius was married to Moira Redmond, who played Domitia, who is Messalina's okay. mother. Right. And after I Claudius, he was married to Agrippina Fiona Walker. <laughs> so he had these pre and post I Claudius marriages, which is just Indeed. really funny.
1: It was just getting ideas from the script, you know. Yeah
0: <laughs> But Martin your ex wife. So Martin Lismore was not married to anyone on iClaudius, but I just love this fact I got off off of the internet about his wife. Yeah, okay. And it said Sarah Lismore is best known for playing Deborah Watling's stunt double in the location sequences for Enemy of the World, <laughs> Enemy of the World. And I was like <laughs> No, she's not best uh, known for that. What a horrible Long shot. Long what shot a horrible epitaph for a poem. That's it. That's it. I felt like saying brackets by Doctor Who fans. This is what Doctor Who fans know for. But... I'm
1: best known for that sandwich I made for lunch yesterday. <laughs>
0: it's, it's the equivalent, isn't it? Poor lady. It was a nice sandwich. I mean, yes. yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed standing in the cold for a few hours one one afternoon to have but, my entire life. But that is not that. that is not my crowning glory. <laughs>
1: Ah. Anyway, yeah. no, no, fandom is is, is, a, is a bizarre, they a
0: do. bizarre
3: universe where the
0: only thing that matters. Right, I'm going to shut up and. Okay, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go now? <laughs> well, I
1: suppose, like I say, in in the end, we, we should, we should, start... <laughs> we should start talking about the actual program. Um...
0: We are. I was talking about the production team.
1: Rude. No, no, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> You're in, a ru- You're in
0: a rush today I'm not in a rush. At
1: all. <laughs> I just I just I just worry that we should get on with it before I forget everything. <laughs>
0: oh, no, I don't think you'll be fine. I think you will be okay. Yeah, okay. I'll, okay. Tell okay you what, so I'll let you get on with it. Okay. So we should probably move on to the cast. Who should we pick out to talk about first?
1: Oh, well, the cast is huge, isn't it? I mean, actually it's when you, when you when you get I mean, it's got everybody. I mean, when when you think about it, I mean, obviously we've been Uh, looking at various shows up to now. I mean, anyone who's been following this, we're up to the ninth one now, and and people who've been in other things start popping up in this all over the place.
0: Yeah, we should mention some of those people just as callback. So who have we got who we've previously met?
1: Well, straight away, you've got John Paul from... From from Doomwatch, who's in the first episode?
0: Of course, you know? yes, and this is the thing that I, it was wasn't until I saw this again, I was like, oh my god, that's why I know who. That's why Quist was faintly familiar to me because he's Marcus
1: Agrippa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I knew him from you, this, not from Doomwatch. Yeah.
1: And things, I mean, w- weird things like young, very young Kevin McNally turning up. Oh, and,
3: of course.
1: And and John Rhys-Davies, Ian Ogilvy, and of course Charles Kay actually turns up in one episode, Stratford Johns is in one episode, yeah. you know, there's all these one episode genius actors from that era, totally, uh, you know, yeah. and Bernard Hill turning up, I mean Cl- Tony Haygarth turning up as a slave, you know, it's just uh, George Innes, you know. there's all, uh, George Pravda!
0: <laughs> I know, bless him. <laughs>
1: No accent ever forgotten. Uh, no, George, you know Jeffrey Hinsley, you know Bruce Purchase. All these people who you know from other things just turn up. I mean, I hadn't realised until I looked at this, the the, the cast list that uh, Britannicus was Graham Seed. You know, yes, Nigel Pargiter. You know, now, who's Nigel Pargiter? From the Archers, you know. Oh, I see. He so was, I don't
0: listen to that. He don't, was in The Archers for a very long time. I see. So what I knew him from... Well, oh, oh, he's also the reason vi- I stopped was, listening. Sorry. Was the Victoria Wood sketch, um, <laughs> Is It On The Trolley? Because right. he's one of the two people who, who she goes up to. Is it on the trolley? Can you point to it? He's one yeah. of the two people in that sketch. Anyway.
1: <laughs> and, and you get you know, Simon McCorkendale. I mean, you get Patsy Byrne. You get Nursey turning up as a poisoner. Yes.
2: That's yes. <laughs>
1: you know.
0: true.
2: So, but
1: this littered, is... <clears throat> littered with good cast, yeah. And in, in equally you get people like John Scott Martin turning up uh, twice, actually. He seems to survive the, the purge of the of the, the lovers of the daughter by being a slave later on. You think, oh, that's him again, hold
0: on. Yeah, Suad Fares also is the handmaiden to Agrippina and then years later becomes the handmaiden to Miss Messalina, I noticed. So, <laughs> as a job career path, isn't <laughs> it? Yes, exactly. She doesn't age, so she does very well. No, no. Anyway, um, we should, let's talk about the big guns, so let's talk about yes. Blessed as Augustus.
3: Tiberius, listen, I'm not blind, I know that you and Julia aren't the most perfectly matched couple in the world, but what can you do? These things happen, but we can't go cutting the notch every time we have a quarrel, especially us. We have to set an example. Livia, you'll back me on this? Oh, but of course,
4: we have duties and responsibilities which far outweigh our privacy.
3: Exactly! Duty. Now, now, Tiberius, you play fair with me, eh? Don't suck. And if it's a matter of a little thing on the side here and there, and I'm not encouraging mine, who's to know between you and me and forgetting that your mother's here for the moment, if that's ever possible? (laughs)
0: Blessed. Yeah. So, but at this point, what would he be best known for? Would it be said, Carl?
1: I would imagine so. Um yeah I mean he it uh, that i mean he's in things like the Sweeney about that era you know right. so he was he was becoming that sort of you know that character actor you know that that turns up in all sorts of things you know yeah. i mean I mean the weird thing to me is the ones who you think of that era who don't turn up in things i mean you know i'm I'm amazed there's no Patrick Troughton in there you know
0: Oh I suppose but, yeah yeah
1: but because he you know he would have been active and Quite well known and all that kind of thing, and unless he was doing something else at the time, which is fair enough, but but you've got you've you've certainly got uh, he, he's he's very high profile. Again, a lot of these people were probably better known for their stage work, I would imagine. At this and stage. I, Yeah, and
0: I think that's deliberate casting. I think they wanted something that was overtly not afraid to be theatrical. So, and they hmm. wanted people who really got into their characters, really embodied them. So they cast strong theater actors who had a pedigree, rather,
1: than, yeah, but the, the the other thing you could say is that the style of it, because it's studio you know on on shall we say um, stylized sets mm. was quite theatrical in itself, yeah. but if you're expecting an actor to sit there on camera for four minutes or whatever
0: dying, yeah, <laughs> you need a good stage actor to do
2: it, you
0: know yeah. Yeah. So um I mean that's what Blessed's known for in this, isn't it? It's the death scene. Really. Yes, and and, and the shouting at the Lord. And the shouting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah So let's take those in turn. So the shouting, um Varus, where are my eagles? Yes. And has anyone in Rome not slept with my daughter? Um yes. as an aside that first one is actually um, straight from Suetonius. Suetonius okay. writing in, in 69 AD basically said that he was shouting this. So it's a direct you know, from that first century, isn't that incredible that the first century it's recorded that that's what he said. Yeah, It's amazing. Um, yeah. And also as quick as boiled asparagus as well was actually an Augustus phrase. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was listening to the iPodius Podcast earlier, okay. and they were saying, "Oh, this is a funny sort of phrase that they've put in." And I'm like, no, this is an actually historical accurate <laughs> phrase that they've put in that actually Augustus actually said. Oh, um, well, there you go. Well, you don't yeah.
1: want to upset them, but um, no, you know, but but no, yeah. it 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 is it is actually. I mean, the thing about it is, is I mean, if if you look at, I mean, I, I obviously you know, Jacob is the star, and and um, uh, Augustus is really only in the first four episodes yeah. but he absolutely dominates those four i mean absolutely. there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in in those first four episodes which sets up the entire series uh, and, he, and and he goes from the avuncular kindly grandfather to the slightly senile old man to the gambler to there are moments i think when you're watching blessed particularly where you absolutely understand the steel of absolute power Yes. That there's a moment when... I can't remember which one it is, he's talking to someone and his eyes just go flint-like. Mm. And you know this guy is doomed, you know, yeah. because he said something that he shouldn't have said. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: And it's this cold, cold
3: stare...
1: Yes. Uh, ..that just gets that these people had absolute power over the lives of absolutely
0: everyone they saw, yeah. you know? And he was such a dangerous person um oh yes absolutely because i mean he's the reason why the republic isn't even though he was saying oh i have sentiments for the republic and stuff but the reality is as octavian he was brutal and there was those triumvirates and he he you know defeated mark antony and he got pompey out of the way and and Mm -hmm. who's the other one lepidus anyway so and he actually basically grabbed livia off of a Republican husband, a very Republican husband. And um, there's one point at which Livia was fleeing with the baby Tiberius from him hmm. when she was younger, when she was about 18 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she later becomes his wife. And yeah, it's just, I think you do get the flavour that he's a dangerous man, that he's done things to get to this point. But I think it's not until I look back at the history that I'm reminded oh my god, he was quite a force of nature, he really was not to be trifled with, and I yes, think uh, we it, are really...
1: seeing him from what, the age of about 40 to about eighty.
0: yeah. 80s, uh, yeah. Um,
1: and of course this is also where you get the first idea of, of <laughs> I mean, you know, in many ways throughout the, the serial, the women are the stronger characters in many ways, but yes. yeah. they are also commodities so you know, part of defeating somebody is to then marry their wife and sort of acqu- acquire all their goods yeah. and w- worldly goods and power and influence and all that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it it is fa- it is a fascinating way of doing things. The whole the whole Roman way of doing things. I mean, so much of the the plot it it involves. Um, Soothsayers and beliefs in signs and wonders, and yeah, and, you know, and of course, right at the beginning, you yes. get all these prophecies that turn out to be true.
0: I know which we should go there, so we should go to the Sybil. Um, I think we'll play in the Sybil's um verse, you know, the Sybil's um prophecy. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, Sybil, I said, I've c- c- come to question you about Rome's fate and mine. Hear me, claw, claw, Claudius, she answered, mocking my stammer. Apollo speaks to you through me. Listen closely.
0: So I'm also going to play into this this, the actual bits that are missing, because there's bits missing from the curse which are in... Robert Graves' original book, which I think really add to it.
5: What groans beneath the punic curse and strangles in the strings of purse before she mends must sicken worse.
0: Her living mouth shall breed blue flies and maggots creep about her eyes. No man shall mark the day she dies.
5: Ten years, fifty days and three. Claw, claw, Claudius shall given be a gift. That all desire, but he
0: to a fawning fellowship, he shall stammer cluck and trip, dribbling always with his lip,
5: but when he's dumb and no more here, nineteen hundred year or near, claw, claw, Claudius shall speak
0: clear, I love that, ah. Oh. What do you think about that as a framing device? Do you think it's clever of? of I, mean, I think
1: that again. I mean, the the fascinating thing uh, about the entire sort of twelve episode run is this this looking back. You know, because you don't actually see uh, Jacoby till about episode three, do you? As the young Claudius, mm. <clears throat> you 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 get him at the beginning, topping and tailing the episodes, and and this is it's like this is the story of 1972 this is the story of nineteen seventy six in in your own terms but yeah he, he sort of saying oh this this segment and this segment and he's there as the framing device and then but 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 yeah the, i mean because i mean right going right to the end of the 12 episode right, yeah you you get another load of prophecies deathbed prophecies if you like uh, although that's kind of going into strange deal, this will happen, that will happen,
0: this will happen. I mean, there was there was a sibyl at Delphi, and this was right. a, a successive um, line of soothsayers um, mm. who people did go to, and and I yes. think there was also official sibylline prophecies and unofficial ones, of, of which, right. of course, there was another one which said about Claudius um, taking the emperorship that um, Livia reveals later right. on. But I think it's more about the the feelings and views of the time than it is about anything i don't know i mean i don't believe in that stuff but
1: no i was just going to say because i mean sometimes you know you look at the modern press you feel they can shape the way things turn and you just wonder whether it's sort of a parallel to that kind of thing you know certainly when you look
0: at suetonius and tacitus you you've got to question why are they writing and Mm. they're writing Particularly Tacitus, he's like, he's a bit of a scandal monger. He's, he's more, mm. he's more about like, oh, look, this is the stuff, let's rake it all over. Because mm. um, the interesting, the most interesting thing to me about Tacitus and Suetonius compared is that in Suetonius, there's barely any mention of Livia and she's not a bad character. In Tacitus, mm. she's immediately, she's like, the first thing he said is, unless their stepmother Livia had a secret hand in their deaths. <laughs> So, so he's, he's writing a panto, basically. Yeah. And he needs a villain. He, yes, he has this. He says, the second time he mentions it, he says, But Livia was a real catastrophe to the nation as a mother and to the House of the Caesars as a stepmother. Oh, no, she wasn't. <laughs> yes, exactly.
4: <laughs> I shall move my room next to yours and I shall prepare all your food myself. You'll see what dainty little things can be served up to tempt a weak appetite. It's a chill, nothing more. Musa yeah. assures me. I wouldn't pay too much attention to Musa if I were you. He thinks he cured Augustus with his potions, but it was my nursing that did it. And I shall nurse you. Oh, Ladies. No. A. No arguments. But why go to all the I tru- insist.
5: It's very good of you.
4: No, no, my dear. Goodness has nothing to do with it.
0: Her being behind all those deaths is a really good explanation for a. Uh, a massively surprising, surprising list of people dying who should have yes. inherited before Tiberius. I mean, yes. it's like single-mindedness. Something yes. was going on. If it wasn't Livia, mm. then certainly there was there was lots of stuff going on.
1: Lots of coincidences. Yes,
0: <laughs> lots and lots.
1: Yes. Hmm. So, I mean, again, yes, Sean Phillips, isn't it? Uh, plays Yeah, it, and she she's in about the first. She in the first six, isn't she, and in various degrees of astonishing makeup, really. Yes. Um, uh, and we see her through to her the end of her um, her life, um, which in is isn't of itself an interesting, uh, uh, <laughs> an interestingly staged thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it it it's uh, did. Have you heard the story? Have you heard the story about? Is it Dallas or Dynasty? Dynasty, yes, that dynasty. It is dynasty. Yeah. yeah, where where the whole of the idea of of setting it up this this program about a family was based on the fact that this guy had watched I Claudius and thought I can do that but modern <laughs> put, yes. put it in a modern family. So and I so, guess that was so, a,
0: Aaron Spelling. I guess it was, yeah. Yeah.
1: So does that mean Livia is Joan Collins? Or totally.
0: <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes, <laughs> She's absolutely. Alexis. Yes, she is. But, and,
1: but, the, yeah. but the interesting thing about that is when you step back further, you get this sense that um, where the actors, they, they, they either decided it was a Jewish family comedy <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: or, or they were referring back to The Godfather. Mm. Because there's a lot of lines that turn up in The Godfather.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That turn up in, um, you know, in, in in here in to a certain extent you know there's little bits here and little bits of there that make you think of and then one of the things that uh was it was it Brian Blessed in his interview said that he, someone said to him think mafia yes yeah yeah so but of course the godfather would've been 2 70s,
0: and 4 years 72,
1: yeah, yeah so it would have been a quite big influence but there are there are just kinds of little lines that i mean when you think about Livia, my, my favourite line of her is that snake bitter once and died. Yes. <laughs> you know. But there's yeah. also that very early, very early sign of, of her character when 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 uh, Tiberius sort of suggests she might have forgotten something. Yes. <laughs> when I start to forget things. Yes. Which I think you can probably cut in because it's
0: Yes it's, Yeah, well, will yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just a brilliant line.
4: What do you think of Julia? nothing Uh, why nobody could accuse you of being devious she thinks very well of you
3: what's that supposed to mean
4: nothing she likes you that's all always has
6: mother i'm a happily married man julia doesn't interest me she wouldn't interest me if you hung her naked from the ceiling above my bed she might even do that if i asked her aren't you forgetting something she's still married to marcellus and marcellus is not dead yet
4: when I start to forget things, you may light my funeral pyre and put me on it.
0: Yeah, I love I love Julia's reaction at one point to Livia's ability to wait. And she's like, boy, can that woman wait? <laughs> time, is, time is nothing to her. It's just like, you know. And that's the thing is she's so dogged in their pursuit of her son being emperor. Yes. And I think she's actually in love of the pursuit in love with the pursuit of that goal oh, rather yeah, because, than but, the actual goal well, itself. Well Tiberius is rubbish, isn't he? He's yes. absolutely he's, he's completely hopeless. I
1: mean I mean even in the first episode he's kind of talking about suicide. He just seems to have no hope, no idea, no ambition, doesn't care, doesn't even want to be bloody emperor. And yet, you know, everything's being manipulated so he will be and he, and he's bloody rubbish.
0: Yeah, I love the fact that there's that scene where Augustus said Stop soaking <laughs> brilliant because <laughs> he's uh, I think George Baker is brilliant as Tiberius because I think oh, it's, it's probably a thankless role because he's not likeable and he oh, has to before. have a pet lip all the time and strut around like a kid who's really angry about yes. life and he struts around in his little costume I think oh, he's so funny when he's in his um, army costume and he just looks <laughs> like a little boy who's been told off <laughs> and he just pouts all the time at his misfortunes, doesn't he?
1: And he's just, he's, I mean, I mean, actually, I mean, strange enough, when he turns out to be a massive old pervert, you're not
0: surprised. <laughs> yeah, but but you, but you there's colour to that, isn't there? Because there's those scenes where she has... Oh, the disappointment
1: the... throughout his life and having yes. to marry the and divorce one
0: because his mum says so. Because he loved Vipsania. And arguing. the first time we see him, he's clearly massively in love with this woman yeah um although then that's taken to be because she's a wisp of a thing then it was actually homosexual in nature this
1: whole idea that that he, this his quotes perversions which are never specified and we never really know you know what what they mean by this you know because he because there's that whole scene later on where the, with the dinner party with lolia yes, yes. which is a, a, one of those just astonishing pieces of drama where everyone's having a jolly party and at yes. the end of it the hostess kills herself <laughs> yeah We've all been to parties like
0: that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, regularly. But yes, absolutely. It's the fact that this is in Rome, and Rome is kind of decadent at this point. So the fact that she can't live with herself because of what he did to her. Yes. I, I mean, I can't, I can't begin to think what that was. <laughs> I don't want no. to. <laughs> but no, indeed. <laughs> you've got to think that it was pretty seriously depraved, and therefore um, he really does go to that black place that he i love the fact though that he, he this is all precursored by his conversation with drusus with his brother who he really loves and he says mm. oh i'm i'm i think you're the only person to keep me from this blackness and drusus is like oh i can match you black for black and all this stuff and he absolutely yes. can't because drusus is obviously as good as gold and never has a naughty mm. thought in his life but yeah. um it's just really good that you get that absolute 3d feeling because you In this series, you get so much detail about each person, and you get to Mm. see you get to see Tiberius in love. You get to see him thwarted in that. You get to see Mm. him, yeah. It's it's
1: old and frustrated. Yes. yes. And and it's also, I mean, I I do want to give a quick shout out because because I I I remember thinking at the time is that Ian Ogrevie is actually
0: brilliant. He is. He's barely in it, but he has two or three scenes, but they're all, yeah.
3: The scene in which.
0: I actually they have to do this wrestling don't they they yes, have to do this wrestling
1: and, and they have to do this this scraping the the grime yeah, off each other's yeah. bodies thing so it, it is it is kind of it is kind of like he, the there's the, a kind of homoeroticism thing being laid on there as, as a suggestion yes you know uh, and obviously he loved his brother but of course his, uh, Ian his character is also one of the very few people that Claudius you know Appreciates in the well, sense it's his of his father, far- isn't it? In, yeah, 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 that's what I mean. But it's what I'm saying. So, so it, the reason he's there is because he's Claudius's father, you know, and yeah. so it, the, you get this kind of you have to see those opening scenes, even though they're not part of the bigger, yeah, you know,
0: um, story. And, it, line. and it's because to highlight the fact that you've got the good apples of the Claudians and the bad apples. And he, oh, yes, he's <laughs> one of the few good apples, as is Germanicus, yes. but um. There's some very bad apples. <laughs> but um, I love the scene between Drusus and Livia where it's obvious that she hates him. She just can't yeah. stand Drusus compared to Tiberius. And mm. I don't know, is it because Drusus actually sees her for is... what she is? Or mm. is it because she hates the fact he's so pure and he's a Republican? Well, but, I
1: think it's the Republican is, is what's what's obviously his downfall. Although... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just possibly that he would probably be a far better emperor <laughs> yeah but he
0: actually really? he has that wonderful line that says you don't have to care if you don't love me mother mm. and I actually used to use that not to my mother but whenever I worked early in my working life with people who didn't like me I used to actually paraphrase that to, if someone was an enemy of mine I used to say <laughs> um... I used to say you don't have to worry if you don't like me you don't have to like me but we have to work together and I remember right. I remember having that, that that scene in my head, so it really affected my mind, which is bizarre.
4: Leave him alone. Don't encourage him to step down from office.
0: Your mother.
3: But do you really want us to drift into a hereditary monarchy, become sinks of corruption like the Eastern potentates?
4: Rome will never be a republic again.
3: Well, we needn't quarrel about it. Come, let me kiss you and say goodbye. You know, you mustn't mind if you dislike me.
0: A mother can't love all her children. Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I've ever had that
1: sort of job. (laughs) Everybody just hated me, that was fine. Uh, Get on with it, Holmes. (laughs) Shut up, stop storming yeah. out Get on with it I was always an underling You see, I was
0: always uh, going to the bottom of the pile <laughs> I was for a long time <clears throat> Um. So, where are we at now? Where are we? There's just so much to say isn't there I, I should really? mention Sean Phillips' pedigree Going into iClaudius So she okay. was had just been in How Green Was My Valley And when she actually won the BAFTA For iClaudius For Livia, she also won it at the jointly for that and for playing the matriarch in How Green Was My Valley Interesting. and that was it's set in Wales and it's very um, it's very political, I was going to say <laughs> it's quite Welsh um, it has Clifford Rose in it as a, as a school teacher <laughs> so get that one in there get your oh, bell I, out to yeah, you.
1: I'll <laughs> just give you a sample of that sometime you can play it <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um the point is that it's a very different character to Livia, That's why I'm mentioning it. She's like yes. she's kindly <clears throat> matriarch, careworn. Just couldn't be more different. So it's amazing mm. that she gets this Bafta for these completely different parts.
1: It is. It is. When 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 they're interviewed in that documentary, I mean, she said they really struggled to get a sort of feel of how it should be played, didn't they? You know. There's also a lovely story she tells about Augustus. Augustus's Death scene where it's not the camera's not on her at all. Yes, yeah, I know exactly how to play this, <laughs> and she has to do this four minute soliloquy. I know. Here's the script, Sean. There you go, get on. <laughs> just I walk know, around a bit.
0: I know. But I believe, I don't know whether you believe, I believe that she performed it even though the camera oh, on her. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, you could just see her walking twice walking around. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because of the cool.
5: curse. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but no i mean this, this is the, the again i think this this starts to tell you how how much confidence they had in the actual material because by that stage you know they re, you know you realize this is this is actually quality stuff and and you start to trust your director i was going to say at one point there, there's very much this sense that the the camera moves in this you know are you the point of view you're taking from i mean so there's a there's a wonderful camera move uh, which is quite low down. For when Claude you know, when Caligula, the assassination yeah. of Caligula, and there's a lot of there's a there's the point of view shot uh, for Sergi- for Ser Janus as well, and you know the, the camera becomes you, you be, you know you are it's crawling around, and again it's fascinating to me that this is the sort of thing you get in studio drama that you don't really get in film drama. Yes, is that you can see all the reactions, you know, you can see mm-hmm. every little movement or lack of movement. Uh, that draws you in, and you see the whole performance. I mean, one thing that, again, that struck me watching this all through is if we'd had to pick one episode and just talk about one episode,
2: yeah.
1: My personal choice when I sat through it all was was probably a bit left field, but the one with Stratford Johns, the, ah, poli- the, um, the 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 yeah. trial one. Yeah. To me, that just when I watched it uh, last week, it, it absolutely blew me away. It was it was it was a you know it was a very good hour of drama, you know, yeah. and that in really many ways is very much removed from all the, the sort of movements. I, I know it's an example of this is what life's like under Tiberius, and this is what life's like in Rome. But yeah. but just as a, as an hour of television, it's it's a phenomenal hour of television.
3: Yeah. Why? Why did you do this to me? Don't you see what they'll think? Do you want me to die?
4: They've made up
3: their
7: minds. There's nothing you nor I can say will change them. The Emperor has abandoned you. He's given you up to the mob. There's nothing on Earth can save you now.
0: Yeah, I think in terms of the the main plot, it's the most it would be the easiest to cut out. Yeah, it's the most disposable one, absolutely. Yeah. But,
1: but but I actually love that episode. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's very well
0: done. So, um, I think it's well known that they'd struggled to work out how to play it to begin with. And mm. they were very nervous because there was... Obviously, they'd got so many good actors together. There must have been a feeling like, well, what is this? And how do we do it? Because no one's really done this in this style before. Yes. And... And particularly Sean Phillips was saying, you know, well, I can't be, do you just want me to go full evil? You know, because she, like, <laughs> she was desperate for her to have redeeming qualities. Now, <clears throat> I think it's clever that, do you think she does have redeeming qualities? Because I do in the end. I think by the, by the end, certainly Claudius forgives her for what she's done, in effect, by making her a goddess. Even though think... she, she was responsible for so much evil and so much deaths.
2: I think
1: you can actually temper absolutely every character uh, in the entire run to a certain extent with how they relate to Claudius, which is obviously the point. I mean, Brian Blessed has some
0: very good sort of scenes just with Claudius. Oh, yes, that one scene where he says, do you bear me any ill will? All that scene is just so well done. And and Blessed being quiet. I love it when Blessed's quiet because he can do it so well.
1: And and then there's there's Livia and the birthday party with, with oh, Claudius. And,
0: that you know. is that is possibly my favourite scene in the entire thing. Yes, just yes. because. And then you, you then you get the
1: Caligula when he pronounces himself a god, and that scene with Claudius. Yes, again. You know, so you get these. You know, you see the other side of these monsters through their relationship with Claudius, and I think that is, is kind of fascinating in its own little way. And obviously, that just shows how clever the script is. You know. But, um, but it is you, you sort of see their humans They show their human side with Claudius Because they don't see him as a threat I think that's basically yeah. what's going on there yeah.
0: And I love the fact that um, I think you're dead right But I love the fact that Even Livia in the end says to Claudius Keep on playing the fool Even she gives him that advice oh, yes. Which is just fantastic Because it's something you never see coming because yeah. for so long she just underestimates him totally and then finally she gets it and it's like, oh, my God. But she's kind yeah. of like, she's willing to accept that she was wrong and was mistaken in this. And it's one of the very few times I think she's been surprised in her life by, by something.
4: Castor is ill and Trascilla says he won't recover. He also says that Tiberius will choose Caligula to succeed him. Why? Vanity. Tiberius wants to be loved, at least after his death, if not before,
3: and the best way to ensure that is to have someone worse to follow him. No. Yes, naturally, well, he's certainly no fool.
4: He's the biggest fool in my family. I always thought that that was you. That I think now I was wrong.
3: grandmother after all these years you didn't invite me to dinner just to tell me this wine has made you bold hasn't it you said you kept in with Caligula because he was to be the next emperor lost your stutter too I see but if by then you're dead what difference can it make to you oh
4: it makes a lot of difference and that's really why you're here I want to be a goddess Claudius
0: so, Claudius and his friends, I think you're right, he has very few friends and they all die, but everyone dies to be fair. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I think the scene... well the, the
1: thing is he lives a very long time, yeah
0: in an era when people didn't. yeah. yeah.
6: but so, the, I mean... the
0: scene I think that sums up that that isolation and that loss is that brilliant moment and it took my son's breath away my, so John's just turned 12. So we thought, can he get away with watching it? We showed him everything apart from some scenes from episode eight, because that was too much. But um, he gasped at this this moment when Claudius and Herod uh, as children are with Posthumus and Posthumus realises he's basically next on the hit list because Hmm. he's now heir jointly with his his uncle Tiberius. And he's sitting by the pond and Claudius looks at him and and then the camera turns around and it's claudius as an old man sitting in the same place and oh Mm. that is just so well done yeah and honestly my son's breath was taken away by that he couldn't believe how good it was
4: oh sir be cheerful caesar has adopted you into his family and made you his heir that is an honor it means you'll succeed him yes
7: heard But he's adopted my stepfather, too. And we both can't succeed him. Can we? I'm frightened. I want my mother. I want my brothers. Where are they? Where are they?
1: We, you know, again, for studio drama that's what thirty no. no forty years old. That's 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 an impressive reaction
0: really. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. We should we should talk about a bit about Derek Jacobi. Um he wasn't, I suppose so. He, he wasn't, he's in it, isn't he? <laughs> he wasn't the first choice for Claudius. Um, it's one of those things where I do, you, how do you have this where you think, oh, I want to know who was the first choice. And like, <laughs> I remember when we f- discovered who the first choice for Sarah was in Doctor Who of April Walker. I was like, I, this is really weird and interesting. And I kind of want to know who the first choice for Claudius was, but we'll never know, I don't think. But, um,. There are, there are
1: strange historical possibilities, uh, usually involving Frank Sinatra in in some of the more iconic film roles that, that are out there. You know, I think Dirty Harry was going to be Sinatra at one point. Oh my god! <laughs> I think it was that one. Uh, and I, and I even think that there's some talk of Sinatra being Columbo at one point or being offered oh, wow. Columbo at one point. Which I, I'm not. I'm sure that I might be wrong about the Columbo one, but I'm pretty sure it's just. <laughs> The visions you get of of alternative casting. I know I know that uh, various behind the scenes books occasionally list these things, and you just think can't see. I mean, there's there's the whole Dad's Army thing with with Mister Pertwee. You know, it just. What's that? I mean, uh, he, though, well, he was he was he was going to be Mannering at yeah, one point, and yeah. then and then you think mm, yeah. I I mean, God bless him. You know, love him to bits, but
0: not Mannering. I, I,
1: well, maybe if you'd never seen any other version. Yes, exactly. And it would have been but a totally different show. That, that's the life not known, is it? You know, that's, yeah. that's the thing you can never see, but but yeah. which is, of course, kind of part of the whole fascination of this whole lightning in a bottle thing that, you know, this seems so right and you mm. can imagine it seeming so wrong, you know? I mean, they were talking at one point about two actors, weren't they—a young actor and an old actor—and that kind of thing, you know. Which, of course, is what they do with things like Victoria now. So, you know,
0: which suggests that they had someone older in mind. I think, yes, a a good, strong key actor as someone playing him old, and um, just a few things about that. First thing Mm. I want to say is that have you seen the Horrible Histories film? I have not. So, the Horrible Histories (laughs) film is on Amazon Prime, and it starts with Claudius being poisoned by Agrippina, Agrippinilla. Um, hmm. And Nero's there, and it's actually he's actually played by Derek Jacobi, so he's playing him as Claudius old because he is old now without any makeup, and it's just <laughs> amazing that he does it, and he even does the claw claw claw. And Kim Ka- Kim Cattrall is playing Agrippina, and okay. she she um, is is getting frustrated by him taking ages to speak, and it's just like it's just amazing that this this is part of um, this film. Anyway. The other thing I wanted to say about that is that the one who plays Claudius as a kid, I think, is really good. Um, yes. Ashley Knight. Now I was okay. like, who is he? Because I think he's so good. And then I discovered he's um, he played Jim Hawkins in the 1977 Treasure Island. Oh, so okay. he did have some big stuff after that. Anyway, I got the sense that Jacoby was kind of second, third or fourth choice or a whole list down. But... Mm. And he was kind of, should have been kind of a bit grateful for doing it. Hmm. But he was an established stage actor, although yes. young. And I think he absolutely fully inhabits and embodies him. And I think with with Claudius and a lot of the other characters, most of the other characters, you believe they are those people in a way that I don't often feel for other series. We'll fill we'll it up.
3: Then you can go. I'm very busy. Another history, Caesar? Yeah. Of the Etruscans again? No. Of my family. Ah. Did you ever read my history of the Etruscans? No. I got it down from the library once but I couldn't get into it. Very well written of course. Oh very well written. Is something the matter Caesar? <sighs> the fact is when you know that someone's trying to poison you nothing tastes right. absolutely. Absolutely nothing Oh, come now, Caesar Who would try and poison you? You're beloved of everyone Oh, don't butter me up You know very well You would want to poison me My wife, that's who <laughs> And that slimy son of hers
1: Yeah, I don't think There's a certain amount of w- when, you, when you saw these things as a kid You know, you, they, they imprint Yes But also, I think To a certain extent You've got this There was a Wasn't there a sort of culture Of the BBC that You know Did they know somebody? You where know, they're known. You know, you're going to put somebody in the lead in a, one of your prestigious dramas. They want somebody that has done it before, which kind of rather defeats the object of anybody having a career ever, really, doesn't it? But, um, you know, it's kind of like you. possibly
0: he was a very risky uh, yeah. choice. You know? Yes, absolutely. Um, but the interesting thing is not risky from the point of budget because it was actually a really quite a low budget production because there's no location filming whatsoever which we should go on to talking about and very few sets really um what do you think about those production design design decisions or constraints what's fascinating to me uh, is is how it it's it very much uh it,
1: it's, it's played very much like the bbc shakespeare's are done And probably that was that was quite a big impact anyway. But the the stage sets are always there to use the absolute minimum amount of extras. Yeah, you know. So you there's that scene in the first episode where you just see the stairwell and they all walk up it, and then you hear the roar of the crowd.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which is which is wonderful, and then you get a lot of the stuff of the imperial. I suppose it's royal what we'd call a royal box kind of thing. Yeah. But it's but it's viewed from the point of view of where the arena would be. Yeah. Uh and and again so you get them waving at the crowd, but you and the cheers and the roars <laughs> of the crowd, but you don't get any kind of reverse shot. Even the Senate is a is a is basically there's one sort of entrance with the steps on
0: either side. Yeah, so you um, only see a few senators either side.
1: Yes. Which, considering how many scenes sort of take place in in the Senate, it's quite, it's it's kind of fascinating because I, I genuinely think that what the thing I like most is the um, the couch scenes where they get the family dinners yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. family gathering the drawing
0: or room or whatever is what um yeah, Sean Phillips called call it Sean's called yeah. it the, the drawing room but you
1: but you get this kind of sort of like u shape or square shape of them all looking in and the camera can move around and, yes. and it's and and again you know just a look or a glance and you get everything you know but it's it is very very um it, it's it's stage design rather than television design in many ways or it's it's very good television design you know, because of of that, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's very cleverly done, and those character scenes, as you say, because of that U shape, works brilliantly. The um,
1: only uh, the only thing I would say that 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 there is a slight problem, and it only kind of bothers you if you notice it, is that there's a lot of should we say painted sculpture.
2: Okay. That um,
1: uh, you know, there's a lot of sets that you can see the paint blobs, and you can see the painted lines of of what's supposed to be carved stone you know but uh again if you're used to stage design that actually doesn't bother you what also fascinates me about this and it was one of those things that struck me is that this technique was kind of tried again for the Cleopatras Uh and didn't and didn't really work 10 years 12 years later it's only um, it's only
0: six years later,
1: eighty three. It's it really only six years between, and yeah, and the, seven, and, yeah, and the yeah. Borgias as well. The Borgias, to a certain extent, there's a lot of black uh, backdrops in the Borges. Yeah, as well. I think so. they
0: definitely there were attempts to remake I Claudius. Feel, I think, yes. cheap, but yeah, let's go for it. Yeah
1: but it didn't really work on the other productions for various reasons you know yeah. and that could just be that... i mean i wouldn't want to denigrate the actors in the other shows or the, or the scriptwriters or anything like that but it, it just didn't quite gel yeah and audiences were much more critical i know that, that because reviewers are like that i mean i, I don't think it was particularly uh, the, you know at the beginning it took a while for people to get into even Claudius as a as a, as a series, but 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 I think there's some. This in one of the interviews where they say, when they turn up for the for the um, guest slots, the 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 John Nathan Turner flashback sequence at the end, if you like. Yeah. You know, cuz cuz this series did influence a lot of other television. Yes, the, it feels uh,
0: very much like a regeneration scene, doesn't it that? Yeah. Yes. Well, when
1: they do the flashbacks. Yeah. They they already knew it was a hit those actors when they came in. Yes. Yes, exactly. There's um, one of those strange things that I made a quick scribble of, do you think that the actors in the first half do better out of Claudius than the actors in the second half
0: generally? I think because you have that running narrative of the pursuit of Livia's pursuit of that goal I think they really take you with you and they are Mm. much more um, they take you with you in a way that I think the later plots it's like oh what's going to happen now it's not so much of a running narrative later on so you it's not that you lose mm. interest, but you kind of feel less invested.
1: Well, there's always a thing, isn't there? There's always that thing uh, in any series when a, a main character departs, you actually miss them. Yeah. And I think you get that after Augustus goes, you yeah. actually think mm, it's a bit flat now. Yeah. And then it builds again, and then then Livia goes, and so it's the first six episodes. You know, the, those people are really associated with with mm-hmm. uh, Claudius to a certain extent. So John Hurt for the next couple of episodes. But actually, when you get towards the end of it, the actors who are in that are not as... Um, I know you've got Hepton, you know, who's yeah. brilliant, uh, as ever, and you've got John Cater, and, and you've got all these brilliant actors who are well-known. You know, you've got Bernard Hill in there, you know, yeah. who became well-known. But actually, in terms of, shall we say... Um, uh, Ag- is it Agrippine? No, who's, who's the the, the last wife, the, the Messalina. You know, she's not as... as well associated with the show yeah as as those actors in the first
0: part if you see what I mean you're um yeah she's uh, a, she's an interesting choice Sheila white I would say out of all the casting she is perhaps the most most interesting um hmm. because she was like a regular in the confessions films yes with um yes, was, I can't remember her character name in those but I'm in mean, dreadful films with Robin what's he called Asquith yes Robin Asquith. she was in them and she was kind of very much... And even the thing she did afterwards, I mean, she later played Sharon's mum in EastEnders, her biological right. mum, and she was very much sort of like not that sort of actress. And yet yes. I think she's very good as Messalina, but whether, well, she's, I, whether I, she's the same tier as the others, I'm not sure.
1: I mean, I'm not, not basically wanting... You know, I don't want to throw too many spoilers in, but ultimately her death scene... Yeah. ..is... To me it's one of the most shocking scenes in the entire thing. Yeah. Well, I watched episode eleven and it ends with pretty much with that. Yeah. And I actually I I it took I was gonna watch episode twelve the next night and I actually needed a bit more time to go over it. I found the impact of that much more shocking in many ways than lots of the stuff that came before it. I don't know whether it's an accumulation thing. Yeah. But I think it was just the I mean because we know she uh, yeah, in that sense we know she deserved it and it was coming and it was inevitable but I think it was just the sense of her own ambition being snuffed out yeah, that was actually terribly shocking and I know they do it with a whip pan and you don't see any you know unpleasantness but yeah. I was the, the, the actual staging and, and that moment well, it, it really sticks with you it's an astonishing scene yeah.
0: Yeah. can I just read a bit from the original Tacitus
2: <laughs> okay
0: while her daughter was in power, they had quarrelled, but in her extremity, Domitia Lepida, was overcome by pity. She urged Messalina to await the executioner. Your life is finished, she said. All that there remains is to make a decent end. But in that lust-ridden heart, decency did not exist. Messalina was still uselessly weeping and moaning when the men violently broke down the door. The officers stood there silently. The ex-slave with the slave's foulness of tongue insulted her. Then for the first time it dawned on Messalina what her position really was. Terrified, she took a dagger and put it to her throat and then her breast, but could not do it, and so the officer ran her through. The body was left of her, with her mother. Claudius was still at table when news came that Messalina had died. Whether by her own hand or another's was unspecified, Claudius did not inquire. So hmm. that's the original, like, that's from, you know, first century AD. Isn't that incredible? Oh, yeah. All <laughs> the stories are old stories. Yes. But I agree, it's it's astonishingly good.
3: I'm to offer you the dagger first if you'll have it and then to cut off your pretty head and put it on a spear.
2: No! No! No my head! Not my head! Child.
5: Child. Your life is done. Take the dagger and use it.
7: Don't let them take my head.
2: No. Oh.
7: oh no. He wouldn't do that. Not Claudius.
4: Use it. Use it quickly.
1: This sort of brings us generally to the 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 role of the other women in the series as a whole. Yes, you know, the uh, I mean, they all seem to basically be um, a bit of a one, but they all seem to they all seem to suffer for it.
0: Not you all know? of them, but well, no. I think the interesting thing is, you could argue that because of the way society is formed and has been for centuries, um, oh indeed, that women in society if there's an interesting thing that's written in this book I was reading called The Caesar's Wives Above Suspicion saying it's no surprise that, that Tacitus wrote all these nasty things about Livia because she was really interesting and really intelligent therefore she must be evil <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I mean?
1: There's a subtle... Oh, absolutely. And you can see, yes, this is this is chaps writing. Yes, writing exactly. Century after century after century. Or you, you, know, you can't be trusted because you're devious and you want your own way. Because you're intelligent be. and no, powerful and therefore, you know, yeah, yeah. So... You must you, you must be a rongan. Yeah. yeah. And of course, in, in other literature that that sort of feeds into your, your you know, your wicked witch in the West or your the white witch in this or, yeah. you know, all, all this same kind of thinking, as, you know, and uh, but basically, your your punishment seems to be, you know, you, you're either banished to an island to be on your own forever or, or you're locked in a room until you die. You know?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just,
1: God's sake, you know.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: The the chaps are doing this, but because the chaps are in charge, they don't get, well, a couple of them do get banished to islands. It's Although fair, I, but, have to, I
0: have to say that one of the most, most Roman matronly pure women, Antonia, She's one of the people who meets out the punishment. She she kills the villa, doesn't she, her own daughter, by. Oh her, indeed. Which indeed. is just astonishing. Um, yeah, well, well then again Margaret Tyzac is 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 a
1: fabulous. I mean, yeah, yes. She, again, I mean she she uh, in terms of number of episodes you appear in, she she is in in nine of them, isn't she? Yes. So so, you know, she's she's there as, as as and and never ever 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 lets up on Claudius even in flashback
7: I know. Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> and what's this Claudius about a marriage for you? For Claudius? Why he's already married. But he's getting a divorce to marry Sir Jaina's sister, isn't that right? Is
4: this true?
3: Well... do I...
4: Oh, get it out!
3: Well, my wife... Oginalilla is apparently having a baby and it's not mine. I shouldn't think it is. You never see her. Well that's the point. So Sir so Janus suggested I divorce her and marry his sister.
7: I've never heard anything so monstrously wicked in all my life. You are an even bigger fool than I thought.
0: So uh, on the strength of this performance, I have ordered the first Churchill's, which you can get on DVD, which she was the she won the BAFTA for Best Actress playing Princess and then Queen Anne in that. I have no idea really about the history of that, but she was also Emmy nominated for Cousin Bette. Honestly, you need to see Cousin Bet. She's astonishing in it. But um okay. They were... See, I just
1: remember from that uh, Agatha Christie from the, the Miss Marple. Oh, know?
0: Clotilde, the murderess. Yes. yes. In what yeah. one's that?
1: Nemesis, yes. Nemesis, yes. 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 You
0: know, I mean, uh, my, my, my better half can't watch Nemesis when it's dark, you know. <laughs> well, it's funny. Alex. Has, Even now. Alex has got the same thing about Nemesis. I used to scare her by pretending to be Clotilde going towards her bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Clotilde, <laughs> it's coming for you. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, uh, sorry, where were we? No, we fine. haven't talked about John Hurt at all yet. No, darling. Let's talk about Johnny. <laughs> Why not?
1: So I love the, sto- the story. You can't, you can't talk about Glory and not talk about I uh, Caligula. You I really mean, can't.
0: it's an astonishing role. It's an astonishing performance that you can't take your eyes off. I love the story though that he was so impatient about as an actor. He was like well, when do I come into it, darling? You know, it's not, it's not until episode seven. And he's like, what, halfway through, and I'm, I'm not waiting. He said, what if I choose to do other work? So the brilliant decision that the director had of having having have like the, the reverse of a rap party and having a party yeah. at the start, which persuaded John to take part because of all the other brilliant actors. Yeah. But I love this idea of him waiting. I imagine that gave him a lot of time to think about the part and how he'd do it. But... Yeah.
1: I think, I think he actually, he does turn up in, in, in Queen of Heaven, so it's...
0: it's oh, so episode six he's from,
1: sorry. Yes. Well, well, but it depends on how, where, how you want to count the 13 or the 12 and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. so it is about, it is actually about seven in, in, oh, in can terms Can Oh, can we me
0: just clarify this, though? Hmm. So there are categorically 12 episodes, categorically. Right. Episode one is double feature length. In America, it aired in two episodes. A Touch of Murder and Family Affairs is their fake episode two. <laughs> but IMDb is wrong because IMDb lists thirteen episodes and then has the running time for episode one as an hour and a half. Now you can't have it both ways, IMDb. <laughs> no, it's not correct. There are twelve no. episodes. This is the British way. I shall have. I shall hear no rebukes. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff on IMDb which
1: is based. In, yeah, I mean, you get. Uh, it's called Inspector Lewis over there. Oh know, my lord. Blah blah blah. But uh, yeah. anyway, but sorry, we were talking about notes.
0: Caligula, weren't we? We were. <laughs> Before we get on to Big Caligula, can I talk about Little Caligula? So, little Cal. Little, little Cal. Little oh, like, yeah, little little the, child,
1: the child actors in this. Yes. Yeah. Do you <laughs>
0: know who that child actor is? I couldn't believe it when I looked him up. Is it Sylvester McCoy? No. <laughs> it's actually Justin Bennett from Grange Hill. Okay. Which I was like, oh my God, it's little Justin Bennett. Right. It's actually yeah. the evil little Caligula who kills his father. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> Robert Craig Morgan. Child actors, you know,
1: yeah, sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not. You know, I think
0: in but, this they're better than they're not. Yeah. Um. I mean, you've got Ashley Knight who played young Claudius. Let's go through a few of them. Young mm-hmm. Antonia was played by Amanda Kirby, who also, like, like Ashley Knight, went on to play Swish of the Curtain, which I loved Swish of the Curtain as a kid. Mm-hmm. Me and my older sister Anna were always wanting to put on theatre productions in the village. We must have been uns- insufferable. I think <laughs> we put on one theatre production because we felt like we were the kids from Swish of the Curtain. And honestly, it got in the papers and everything. It was like horrific looking back. Right. Then you've got Catherine Le- Levy or Levy who was Levilla as a child who was also in Children of the Stones. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you've got Helen who was Karen Foley, um, Debbie in Tenko. Okay who is, um, yes, Lavilla's daughter. Yes. Mm. Anyway, just all pretty good, I think, for child yeah. actors. All I'm
1: saying is, you know, it, it, it must be, you know, a flip of the coin and, oh, we might get someone rubbish, you know. Yes, <laughs> but, exactly. But like I say, I mean, there's an awful lot of very good one-off actors in this, you know. I mean,
0: yes, well, I've, yeah, got, I've, I've actually got a post-it that says, One Episode Wonders, and I've listed yes. five names on that. I've written Chris Biggins... Okay. Barbara Young. Yes. Isabel Dean, who played Lollier. Yes. Beth Morris. Isabel Dean's in Creative Vars of Oh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Beth Morris, who is Drusilla. Yes. And then the, the person who plays the fussy slave, is that Tony Hagarth? Uh, yes. Oh, that's one of the best performances in the whole thing. <laughs> ah. And it, uh, Without his normal accent as well oh he? he's I just love him fussing around Claudius and Claudius is getting increasingly frustrated and he's just so, he's yeah. insistent on doing things in the right way it's brilliant
1: I, I had a weird moment where I was sat there thinking I know him I know him I know him I know him and it was Aubrey Richards who was Professor Parry <laughs> <and> in <sighs> <Cybermen. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> well, thats the, it's like when you spot Pat Garman so Pat Gorman, Pat is Gorman. The Captain of the Guard.
0: Oh, you know when yeah. the when they, when yeah, they change
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. the guard. You know when you know when Sir Janus, Sir Janus is downfall. Yes. And they change the guard. Yeah. And you're looking at the guy at the front. I think that's Pat Gorman. <laughs> of course it is. And and that's the curse of watching too much other
0: television. Well, this is the thing that Mar- Marisa watched it with us again this time, and she um she said she saw Harry H Fielder about 300 times in the <laughs> in the in the supporting cast. Yeah, but then you see,
1: I've got I've got one where I just wrote down um, what's his name, Guy Siner.
0: <laughs> oh yes, he was a slave, wasn't he? Yes, that's right. You know, yeah.
1: Again, that must have been after Genesis, but before the um, lower
0: <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Um, <laughs> we should get back. To, we were going to talk about John Hurt, and then we got waylaid because we went into yes, actors. Yes, sorry. So, what do you make of his performance? I think
1: it's astounding, really. Yeah. Um, cons- considering the material he has to do. And I mean, I know I know, he said to himself that he was far too puritanical and couldn't believe this man would be allowed to run an empire. <laughs> and I like the way they play down. I mean, all the stuff about making the the senator a horse and everything like that. The actual madness is is very much... I mean, you get that sort of hoofbeats in the head thing.
0: Yes. Which is but, very master-like, but, actually, isn't it? The indeed, mar- yes. yeah.
1: I mean, again, it's, it's the influence you think, oh, I'll, I'll pick yes. up on that, you know. But uh, but there's, like I say, the absolute batshit bonkers, you know, when you realise how terrified people are. I mean, you get the whole thing. I mean, and he plays it absolutely on the money. I mean, the whole thing about when he when the, the seashells are bought in.
0: Yes. You
1: know, I mean, that could have been... I mean, there are so many moments where, for a better word, he could have camped it up something wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know.
6: The emperor is amongst you once again. All his wars successfully concluded and the victorious armies brought back to Rome. He had thought in his divine innocence that the roads might be lined with cheering crowds. He had thought that the streets might be strewn with flowers. He had thought that there might be messages to greet him, telling him of triumphs to be awarded. What did he find? This conqueror of the Germans, this victor over the mighty Neptune. The streets, empty of crowds and flowers, no triumphs awarded. No games, no celebrations but three miserable old ex-consuls waiting at the gates to greet him and a room full of cowardly stay-at-home senators who spend all their time in the theatre and at the baths while he has spent six months living no better than a private soldier? Yet your emperor has returned, but with this in his hand.
1: Um, but also his death scene his death scene is just you know when he screams out his sister's name yes it's it's, it's, it's disturbing and, yeah. and but you know you still find weirdly because you know what he's done you've seen what he done and yet you know you still actually sense a sense of loss you know <laughs> and i you think you know damn well that this is for the benefit of everybody in the same way that the, the the death of tiberius which he obviously managed manages to there's a beautiful scene where yes. you think tiberius is dead
0: yes and he comes out and he, has to, he wants his food yeah <laughs> and macro goes shut in up, and up shut, up, shut up. yes, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, i mean again the comedy um i mean my my notes for episode seven just I've got everything a great thing saying these comedy moments, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where he, where he's sort of where, it's just it's just fabulous comedy yeah. in
0: there, I'm, really, you know. I also want to say, going back to my course that
1: People are despicable.
0: <laughs> when I when I did the Studio Claudia and Empress course, I was so yes. pleased and excited to be doing it and so surprised to go back to the historical text and find that this was all true, or at least true in the eyes of these people writing in the first century. This is an excerpt from Suetonius writing about Caligula. He often danced at night and once, at about midnight, summoned three senators of Consular Rank to the palace. Arriving half dead with fear, they were conducted to a stage upon which, amid a tremendous racket of flutes and clogs, Gaius suddenly burst, dressed in cloak and ankle-length tunic, performed a song and dance, and disappeared again. (laughs) Which we do get. Yes. I mean, it's, makeup by John Hertz. It's, I know that's the thing he made. He said the BBC girls were doing the makeup too, too neatly and nicely, yes. weren't they? He's like, no, this has got to look like Caligula's done it himself.
1: <laughs> I do th- I know you. I know you sent me the uh, the gif yes. of him just leaping out. Yeah. I, I do wish. I do wish you'd put that caption on it with introducing John Hurt as the duct. Ta da!
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, that's, what, that's good, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's funny. I think I so associate John Hurt with Caligula that I'm always uneasy when I watch him in anything because mm. Caligula was so terrifying that yes. I never feel quite comfortable. And I do think if I had ever met him in real life, I would have been like,
2: oh, really?
1: Run away, run away. Oh,
2: yes.
0: There's a, there's a
1: It's kind of... It's also... It's, it, when you think about it, he's only, at that point... Three years later, you you get Alien, where he's got more sacks of blood in his belly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> must have been preparation. No, yeah. no we need someone whose who's stomach will explode with blood.
0: he oh, <laughs> yes, said it before. <laughs> Actually, there must be someone clever who can get the little alien coming out of his stomach after he's been killed in the corridor.
1: <laughs> the um, also thing I like about uh, Episode 7, which is slightly before... Um, is is the is there's a there's a wonderful graphic design joke which is about when, when they're trying to get the, this thing printed and, or not uh, printed but the scrolls done. Oh, with the elephants! The yes, that just that was just every graphic design meeting I've ever been in. Yes, ever. <laughs> look at this
3: lettering oh have you ever seen anything like it? very good but I don't like all this decoration it's far too ornate oh my dear sir this decoration is fashionable and if I may say so for a history of Carthage what could be more apt than elephants? yeah but I didn't ask for elephants Uh, yes I I know you didn't ask for elephants but knowing your superb good taste naturally I thought you'd agree well I I don't! this is a serious work just because I've mentioned elephants into the text why do we have to see them? It's a motif. Well, it's a... <coughs> a a, 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 a telemotif. i mentioned Hannibal's mistresses. I suppose you've drawn <coughs> Alcubines all over the text, too. Well, if you don't like elephants... No, I don't. Very well. No more elephants. Elephants are out. Our esteemed client disapproves of elephants. Even your elephants. Which, I may say, are exquisitely
0: drawn. Oh, it's glorious. Yes. And I think. And that episode
1: also features Charles K. so. so yeah. Big tick for that one. Yes.
0: So, I do want to talk about the Caligula episode, the famous episodes used by Jove, yes. where it descends into such terrifying insanity that you just think, well, no one's getting out of this. And, no. I mean, how did you react to the death of Gamelis? And, of course, later to the end of the episode, the infamous episode, I guess this is.
1: When when he suddenly decides he's a god, mm. you know, and and this and this and this chap who says, oh, "I would die for you," go yeah. off and do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you said you would, you know, and you think, "Yep, this is now you are basically anything you say will be taken." And I know again, you could say that the power of emperors was that they could do that to anybody. Yeah, you know, but um, but within the context, you know. I mean, I say, the, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a series of books uh, that have been published, a Time Traveller's Guide to Various Eras, and, and part of it is about what it was like to live in medieval times or Elizabethan okay. times, and it tries to put them in a context... Uh, I've got a couple of them, and the, and they're very they're very good. I, I the, the the what the first one I read was the medieval one, and it, and it, and it, and I'd sort of, read it on holiday, and it really clicked with me. So, but the um but this sense of what the hell it must have been like to live in Rome, under these emperors, it oh, you, you couldn't say anything. I mean, again, there's this whole culture of suicide, which. Mm. Which kind of it seems like everybody was basically they were just looking for a way out all the time, really, you know, empty your veins into a bath or stab yourself with a sword or keep it handy, you know, and it it, it you kind of think you know day to day life if if you weren't a I mean the slaves basically are non-existent. I mean there's a whole thing about them they were just basically machines. Yeah. There to do your you held out your cup you did not yeah. acknowledge they were there you wanted to drink Which the actors really they, struggled with didn't they? <laughs> yes. Well because we're we're terribly you know sort of they, they were sort of late 20th century sort of you know. Yeah. Um we have a completely different attitude to that. You can't just ignore people. But I mean again you it amazes me how much stuff went on in front of these people like they weren't there. Yeah. And yet presumably they could see or hear and had opinions. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you can't be a human being and not see something like that happen in front of you without reacting to it, I would imagine. But equally, you weren't there to react to it. You know, again, this whole thing of owning a person, body and soul, mm. is just... And and the fact that if you decided that you didn't like them one day, that was it. They were dead. Yeah. You know, is just astonishing. But actually, life for—I mean, the senators. I mean, it. I, well, I mean, obviously, if you know, you, you've got your Julius Caesar and what have you. You know, it, it, you walk down the street, someone decides to tick you with a knife and all this kind of thing. And I know you could say, well, that's still the case today to a certain extent. But we have different lo- you know, We have laws. You know, we have we have a society that doesn't you know allow that to happen. And. Um, it's, it's just astonishing that people could get up in the morning in many ways.
0: You- I think, particularly of that senator class, because if you're a senator or you're a nobleman or a noblewoman, your life expectancy around that time is, is very, very dodgy. And I think but the clever ple- pleb- person, I think or the plebs, know, just to get up to that. I think the plebs, though, are safer. The plebs mm. in the street are safer, but it's that senator class, it's that slight upper class, are kind of like, mm. well, you're, you're fucked. But they're all after mm. power anyway, so they all—they mm. don't seem to be—I oh, don't know. But the way to power, it seems again, uh, uh, is, is through becoming a soldier, and, and
1: basically, as a soldier, you were also disp- disposable.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh yeah,
1: totally. Um, so, I mean, it's it, it, one of the storylines we haven't really touched on is genus you know, uh, Patrick Stewart. And his wig, and yes, <laughs> indeed, and his and his various curly wigs. No, um, but again, that was a route to power, and his manipulation of becoming married to a particular person so that he could go up a step in society, and then abusing that. I mean, the whole the whole series you could argue is generally about the abuse of power or absolute power corrupting absolutely. Yes, and and to a lesser or greater extent, most people. It becomes very clear, very rapidly. If you rise to the top, you're not going to last very long. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're not nice to the people around you, which is why, of course, they would brutally wipe out everybody when they got into power. That might be a challenge. Yes, this purge. There's a purge, isn't there? And it's like, oh my God! (laughs) You know, which of course is very, when you think about it, is the model of Stalin.
0: You know? Oh, totally.
1: you know, it's the model to a certain extent of the mafia again. You know, yeah. there's these, yeah. there's um, there's a wonderful moment um, about Tiberius. I, I know we're leaping about all That's over okay. the place, really, but but there's there's a there's a bit where he's referred to as being loved but not well loved, <laughs> yes. which which again is is a, an Arthur Miller line, you know, the, from Death of a Salesman, ah. you're liked but not well liked, yeah, you know, and so you do get these parallels, you know, but but uh, yeah, oh, you're loved by the people
0: but not well loved. <laughs> They don't like you very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. One thing I wanted to to really pull out is just how much Pullman takes the text of I, Claudius and actually makes <laughs> his own and comes up with dialogue that isn't in either I, Claudius or in Suetonius or Tacitus, but is actually, you believe it fully because it's of the same... Feel, and yes. gives gives characters a way of breathe, living and breathing as three dimensional characters, and it's all down to Pullman as a an, as an amazing master adapter of text.
1: Because there is a very contemporary feel, isn't there? That's, yeah, that's
0: the but the, interesting thing. But about the interesting. It. Let me go back. Go back to yeah, the, yeah, I Claudius. No, it's okay, I'm glad you said that because in I Claudius, page 103 um, it's about the argument between polio and livy in the the library which claudius Mm. is present and Pollio is delighted um because because claudius says well he'd he'd read this author for this sort of a take on it and he'd read him for the details i think livy is more about the drama and polio is more about the facts and he says um polio was delighted he has you there, Livy, on your weakest spot. You credit the Romans of seven centuries ago with impossibly modern motives and habits and speeches. Yes, it's readable, all right, but it's not history. So there you've got Pollio in graves talking about how the history that Livy's writing about the pre, you know, pre that time, pre the current yeah. Roman time of, of, of whatever it is, 2 BC or something, whatever it is. Um, Saying about how you know you're making it sound too modern, and it's obviously Graves having fun in 1934 about the fact that he knows that people will critique this book and say you're giving the Roman slang language, but he's also saying about the character of the time, which is so meta and clever. And then you have *I Claudius* itself, and Pullman using this and being aware mm. of this as well, and it's just. It's so meta, and it's that in the library, yeah, isn't it, with yeah. the two the two academics? Yeah. yeah, and it just shows that nothing's changed. And, and it, <laughs> it's the question of history: is mm. is it right to make history relatable and exciting and fun, in order to get people engaged and interested in reading it, um, or do you do you go for the facts? Do you make sure it's all factually accurate? Well,
1: I think I think we've all sat through enough of those slightly dubious documentaries where they try and make it engaging by having the character from that era as an actor addressing you directly and I'm, I'm never convinced as a, as, a, as a documentary technique it works best for me yeah but the the uh, the fascinating thing to me about this is is that the the dialogue is sharp and 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 sparkling yeah but very up-to-date and modern now I imagine that people I, again I've, I'm I, I can't put this into a, a particular context but when we said quite early on today that, that there was this sense that it was staged very much like the BBC would do it Shakespeare mm. there's this sense that people look at Shakespeare but sometimes they find the the type of language turns them off yes they're not they're not really they don't engage with Shakespeare sometimes just because of the kind of language that it's used in so what they've done with this is is make it bang up today all the, all the accoutrements all the background basically says rome but the way they're talking even though the the dialogue is is genuine to the papers of the time you know it's very snappy sharp modern and engages you because you're sucked into the drama before you actually realize you've been sucked into the drama yeah you know this is i mean you know in in the same way you've got things like you know howard's way the brothers whatever you know those sort of family sagas that were the cutting edge at the time you've got you know the brothers was Sunday Night drama yeah, then yeah but you've but you've well you've got that going on this is also that is going to draw you in because it's still engaging characters doing monstrous things <laughs> yes but but in a language that the audience would have understood
0: yeah you know? and I think I think what I Claudius glories in is that accessibility and even, for a novel in 1934 it's very accessible i have to say mm. and just perhaps just as accessible as tacitus and suetonius were in the first century a.d the mm-hmm. way they write more things true exactly and that's incredible to me I, one of the things i love that um pullman really um develops though particularly and i, I don't Do we? is it okay to go back to livia um, oh, yes, we're, all, we're here, they're there, everywhere. We're not, we're not trying to be sort of linear. <laughs> as incredible as it sounds, Pullman actually makes Livia less evil than she is <laughs> in Graves' novel.
1: <laughs> I think that's the humanity of the actor, though, sometimes.
0: Well, on, no, it's, it's, not, it's not just People, that. It's actually know. fact. It's actually events in the I. Claudius book. No, okay. So in the I. Claudius book what she actually does is just um this is what she does to to julia so julia isn't just just a sex craved sex mad um little madam um this is in the this is page 71 of i claudius tiberius enraged at having to divorce his own wife for a sake treated her very coldly she was then imprudent enough to approach livia whom she feared but trusted and ask her advice Livia gave her a love filter, which she was to drink, saying that within a year it would make her irresistible to her husband, that, but that she must take it once a month at full moon and make certain prayers to Venus, saying nothing about it to a living soul, or the drug would lose its virtue and do her a great deal of harm. What Livia very cruelly gave her was a distillation of the crushed bodies of certain little green flies from Spain, which so stimulated her sexual appetite that she became like a demented woman. <laughs>
3: So she actually
0: is responsible, even for for Julia's yeah. sex craving, more poisoning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And there's other things where she does more, and mm. so it's it's funny that Pullman's actually almost dulling the the knife here with with her, which is astonishing
1: well but i I say I would argue that sometimes uh i mean it's it's actually interesting we 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 said last month that we hadn't done a, an adap- adaptation of a book and then've suddenly done another one <laughs> you know but um the the thing is that sometimes the character things on the page are sometimes too brutal for things on the screen, and I'm really you pleased you just
0: said that because there's this one scene in in the onchoious book which I don't think they could ever have filmed no. um and it's when Claudius gets married to Urgalanilla. And mm-hmm. it's they do have the private ceremony off screen in the book. There's no the laughing and all the endless laughing that there yeah. is. But in the book, what happens is Urgalanilla and Claudius are brought for a private audience with Livia and Urgalanilla's mother called Urgalania. And mm-hmm. basically, they just stand in front of them and hurl insults at them about how ugly and pathetic they are. They force them to kiss in front of them. And they just basically... Debase them in every way possible and um, verbally, mm. and it's one of the most distressing things I've ever written, read rather. And, mm. I, and I just thought, I'm so glad they didn't put that on the screen because yes. it, it would have made Livia completely irredeemable yeah. and so monstrous. And it's a tightrope, though, isn't it? It's a tightrope
1: because yeah. ultimately you don't you don't also want to turn off your audience you say oh, I was watching that, but oh, that was too much for me, and I switched off and I never came back. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, Hmm. one thing that i thought was a shame that was missing but you've got to, mm-hmm. you can't do you can't adapt the whole thing and i think no pullman did brilliantly is um claudius has a little romance before he's married to this that, that woman with a girl called camilla who's also interested in history and they have this shared love of history and they sit together by the pond and read history and what happens on a wedding day is she's She's in the sedan going to the wedding, all excited about marrying Claudius, and Claudius is waiting there with Posthumus and Germanicus, and she suddenly gets feels a prick on her arm, and she's stabbed with a little pin, and it's poisonous, and she dies, and it's never said who kills her, it's not explained at all, but it, it, it you know it doesn't add anything to the story other than Claudius's distress at having been having known love, but um, it's a lovely little storyline that, you know, is missing from my Claudius. But um yeah. I don't I don't know how I don't think it's actually in original histories, but yeah.
1: yeah I, I mean I I was surprised when I sort of dusted off the the box set that I do have, um I was actually I thought it was ten episodes. I was surprised that the I you know I thought once he became emperor there was wasn't actually that much story left to be told. Okay. So I was actually surprised that there are three whole episodes of, of the Claudius era really. Yeah. So I mean there's a, there is a lot of story to be told there. You know?
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: And of course because
0: of that you get the mighty Bernard Hepton. Now Hepton's <laughs> brilliant in it isn't he? And he is. what I hadn't realised watching it was that I hadn't realised it was Albert the first time I watched I Claudius. Even though I'd seen Secret Army I, I didn't make the connection because he's such a different character I think. But um, he's brilliant in it, isn't he? And so is John Cater is. As, as... Oh, yes, they,
1: they make a wonder, wonderful yeah. double act, you know, yeah.
0: as well. Although,
1: obviously, you know, one of them suffers and the other one... You know, they, they, they are in different... I mean, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? You've got two, two characters, two very good characterizers, and they can give both sides of the argument. And, of course, the fascinating thing about that is this whole deviousness of the... Of the uh, they represent the corn sellers. The corn factors, Yes. Yeah. And and this whole thing about he wants to build this harbour. Yes. Again, again, that is so this is what happens now. Yes. Self-interest yes. every single time. Totally. You know, in terms of business, you know.
3: What relevance of these plans to us is? It? Well, you'll be interested to learn that the engineers working under the <laughs> Rhein Julius estimated this rebuilding would take four years and cost four billion gold pieces. The estimates presented to me are for Ten years and 15 million gold pieces. Caesar, those estimates are 90 years old. Are there less days in a year now than there were then, or less hours in a day? There's been an increase in the cost of material since then. The prices have risen by no more than a quarter. How then do you explain my chief engineer's estimate? No. Yeah, I will explain. Everywhere, for instance, you underestimate the amount of earth that 100 men could move in a day. I mean, are men weaker now than they were then? Yet the topography remains unchanged. Yet on the divine Julius' plan, they were cutting through earth. In yours, you claim we were cutting through. The rock. I can't understand it. Let me explain it then. Your surveyors have been taking bribes from the corn factors. see you know, t- 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 shocking, isn't it? I can't think why they should. I can. To keep up the
0: price of corn.
1: <laughs> it's again there's everything. Everything old is new again. You know? Yeah. It's it, it's astonishing. Really. Exactly, and that's um,
0: that's what this gives you. This series. It's that timelessness of human greed and lack of integrity. Um, I, also I, I just love the the way the interplay between those two characters that they're jockeying for position but I love it that in Extremis they're actually forced to work together like when they have yes. to stop Messalina and they well, yes. they get Calpurnia involved to tell him which is actually historically accurate, they had to get his prostitutes to tell him about Messalina but mm. well, keep... it's also about
1: p- picking the right moment because so there's that key thing where he does nothing yeah. until it Serves him better, yeah. Know? And there's that brilliant. I mean, actually, I that... think that Hepton and uh, and John Cato they they make those last three episodes. Actually, they are the oh, glue that hold them totally to go. Yeah.
0: And I just wanted to mention the little comedy moment when they're at Calpurnia's house, and and Narcissus has to basically is it, which one's Palace? Is Bernard Hepton Palace? Is that the right way around? Uh, yes. So yes. Pallas has to actually pull Narcissus into the room because he's so terrified of her game. Like, he pushes him into the room to tell Claudius. So they're both, like, really nervous. because. No, you do it. No, you yeah, do exactly. It. I love that. I
3: refuse to believe you! It's true, Caesar. Every word she says is true. Caesar... How else could you have been told? When have you been prepared... When have you been prepared to listen to the slightest criticism of your wife's excesses? Excesses? What are you talking about? Caesar, her adulteries are as numberless as the sands on the shore, and that is no figure of speech.
1: I don't really think Hepton is associated particularly with I, Claudius, you know, and yet certainly that that double act is, is really what... Sort of binds that 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 last few episodes together and, and has the thread through it and uh, they're all still doomed anyway. So there we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So um, we should talk about that key scene at the end of Zeus by Joe*. we got a bit sidetracked onto something else, but that's the nature of this episode. We weren't going to yes. ever go through twelve episodes one by one. Um, There's a lot of it. Yeah. The famous cut scene. Of, oh, the cut scene. Yes. yes. Literally. Yes. <laughs> so my wife and i discussed this and how we believed we both believed at some time that we've seen the original where you see um drusilla with her guts out which yes i don't think we can have done because neither of us are old enough to have seen it on first transmission and it was only that first time that they ever showed that and then it was lost
1: the the two broadcasts yes. in yes. seventy six yeah. right? yes. the, the the following
0: but weeks repeat, I think it's yes. just because it's such a powerful image or idea that mm. that's why we believe we've seen it How did you feel about that
1: I am always surprised that it's not there um, You know weirdly Yeah again because I mean I, I said to you myself my, my first viewing was um, was the the eighty six repeat um, My only i mean I, I i do think in many ways um that uh, what what uh, herbert White says in his interview that actually not seeing what he sees is more powerful yeah um anyway i mean as a directorial touch i mean apparently they were editing right up to the day of transmission they would they were, they were can you change the, you know they were, yeah. they were really scared of what this was going to show and what tends to happen with these things is they they eventually Everyone goes this, and then they go, Oh, no, that was too strong. And so it's cut, and you never find the clip again. I mean, it's, uh, you know, clips when, when, when ending, episode endings are changed, uh, as we know from other series, can disappear forever. Yeah. And um, I think there is a, I, I have a feeling, though, it got shown in other places. And I, I mean, I, there's no evidence for this at all. But <laughs> I, I'm convinced I've seen it. Now again, it could be the power of the imagination. Yes. Yeah. You know, but you see, I, when I watched it in various people's rooms as a student, I would have only been seeing black and white. And I'm now either it's just that the memory cheats, as as, yeah. as famously was once said. But I, I genuinely believe I've seen now whether again. I don't know whether there was the equivalent of did you see back in the late 70s or like may have even turned up on a points. <laughs> I, I doubt it. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine or one Barry of, Took introducing it. Let's things. see that bit again where Caligula kills Gisela yeah. and the child. <laughs> I was outraged. <laughs> Let's, see Let's see it again. Let's see it again
1: now. now. <laughs> it's, it's unlikely. But um, Or whether there was some sort of late night review or something. But I... Well, whether there was one of those, oh, do you remember the 70s series? Oh, God, I okay. literally don't know. But I, j- I just, I have a feeling it's, th- th- it's it's said that it was never shown again, but I have a feeling it's been somewhere. I mean, it was obviously not on your videotape.
0: No, but I feel like uh, it was. And that would have been the first
1: official release.
0: Uh, but so. also, I think, I, I feel like I saw it in 86. I really do. Because I remember uh, thinking, Mrs. Lawrence, the Latin teacher, should have warned me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I remember thinking... Uh, okay this is terrifying but yeah. as you say but then, I mean, you, you see
1: a long shot don't you you do see a long shot now no don't you do you
0: not know? no you don't no chance, this no. is the thing you <laughs> feel that you do but you don't yeah that's weird isn't it that weird because you can feel it like you can see it in the distance tied up on the bed don't you you feel no. it so strongly but no it's a weird mm. trick and I really get confused by it every time mm. right. <laughs> right so going to
1: say I convinced us of it last week <laughs> <laughs> there you go this is but crazy. i thought i thought what they were talking about was that they've got the close-up no okay. thought, oh, no you, you see the, the long shot show? is oh, not there martin isn't well, that weird oh, crikey. <laughs> crikey there you go and that's you know th- this shows how in detail
0: we shot, we follow and watch these things <laughs> no no it just shows the power of the imagination i think maybe yeah. i don't know
1: that is amazing going there. You see, I I had an argument with somebody once that uh, there was a, a, seri- a scene at the end of uh, one series of Dallas. I don't think it was the Who shot Jr. But I think Jr. J- 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 gets shot again. Okay. Or, or it may be the same episode. Right. But, but you, what you see is the back of the chair and the bullets. Yeah. And I, I was saying to people, no, because I've I, I watched television closely. All you see is the back of the chair and the bullets and the people go next, day, oh, no, you saw him. He was covered in blood all over the floor. He <laughs> wasn't. You know, and mm. so yeah, I mean, the power of the imagination. But this is it. I mean, I'm watching this. I'm supposed to be at least extent, I'm watching this forensically <laughs> and I'm still convinced. <laughs> oh,
0: That's it. clever, isn't it? It's um, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I think... There's something about Claudius is that certain set pieces or certain movements even that characters do stick, have stuck in my mind so strongly that whenever Mm. I see them, I'm actually mentally ticking it off in my head as something that I really remember from the last time I saw it. And I'm just going to give you a few few examples. One is when Agrippina is in chains at Capri and she lifts Mm. her arm to point to Rome and she suddenly notices that her other arm goes up because she's in handcuffs. Right. And she points towards Rome and her other arm goes up. And it's one of those moments where I'm like, oh, God, that's one of those moments I love where I just, that scene is in my head and it's imprinted that movement. <laughs> the other one is what's was actually mentioned in the documentary. It's when Antonia very demurely sits up, carry, making sure that the sheet is over her boobs um, yes. when she's sitting up from her massage. And again, that for me, that moment just sums up Antonia's character perfectly. This of demure not wanting to believe the things that Julia's saying um, mm. yeah it's just little moments like that that are tiny but really yeah. tell you so much about the character the and the mm. final one I want to mention is Agrippinilla, when she is so furious with Claudius in that brilliant scene where Claudius is not letting her speak and she tells he tells her that she's going to ask for Nero to be his heir and she's so <laughs> infuriated by it that when she gets up she flicks her leg up into the air to make her leave the, the couch quicker. And right. it's a little deft little kick with her sandal <laughs> that just sticks in my mind as well. It's just weird. These little moments are just so importantly done. And I feel that they're so iconic. Embedded. Yes, yes. and embedded in my head. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
4: It's just occurred to me that since he will now be married... The answer
3: he... once again is... Yes.
4: Oh, well, you let me finish. You don't even know what I'm going to
3: say. You're in your cups. Like too much wine again. Oh, my dear, I thought you were going to suggest that I adopt Nero officially as my son, make him and let atticus joint heirs. Oh, of course, that is not what you were going to say. Yes.
4: Yes, it was.
6: Was.
3: I just wish you'd let me finish. Your manner's very strange. I just wanted to save a lot of unnecessary discussion. You see, that this is the success of our marriage, my dear. <laughs> I read your mind so quickly. Think of the time it saves. Good night.
5: Oh, put
1: it's an astonishing uh, piece of television you know and uh, it, it's difficult to try and do it justice in, in a couple of hours chatting about oh, it really totally. and you and again every single time I mean I'm, I'm flicking through these pages thinking oh, I've forgotten that oh, I've forgotten that oh and then there's oh there's there's loads you could say about it and loads more you could say about it really and you know you could forensically as as people obviously have go through it episode by episode yes <laughs> you know. But uh, it it does stick with you, yeah. and uh, and again, there's this sort of you know, it's it's kind of there, isn't it? It's this 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 sort of, it's, but you I'm, not, I'm trying to think, not line in the sand, but sort of pole that's been stuck in the middle of the seventies. There you go. That's your standard.
0: Yes. That's your Eagles. Good luck. <laughs> you know, see see what you can do to follow that, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think we haven't talked about the music or the titles, the opening titles. We should ah, talk about those briefly. We should, yes.
1: Well, um, well,
0: obviously, I've talked about the music in the sense of it's really for me. <laughs> um, um, so this is Wilf- <laughs> Wilfred Josephs, who I, I looked at the rest of his credits and there weren't any other tunes or songs that I, or uh, like themes that I knew other than the music for Swallows and Amazons, which he also right. did, which I always loved that film music. Right. But um, so
1: what? The, but this piece was composed for so Claude. Yes. It's not, yeah. It,
0: it's not sort of some stock. No, no. It's composed it, by was him. Sure yes. Thing. And I think it fits perfectly. It's got the right amount of sort of sinister panic and sort of like movement, which
1: and, and that rattle.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. And sort of stings, oh. and yeah, it fits perfectly with the snake crawling across the mosaic.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, uh, I have to. Uh, uh, my better half really doesn't like snakes, so I always um. have to. I always have to think whether whether it was a stunt snake or whether they had to, uh, whether how they actually managed to entice it across, <laughs> where they were pulling it on a string. Or...
0: <laughs> it's definitely and, not um, a mara snake, is it? It's definitely a. <laughs> no, no. It,
1: I mean, it's it, 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 I mean, someone said, "Oh, well, wouldn't they just superimpose it?" I said, no, I think you'll find that that is a board. <laughs> A tiled board, and yeah, that snake is is a real snake yeah. engaging and it, with that board, and it's a big one, and, and it's a big bugger. Yeah, and it's a, it's a bastard. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but but I have to say, it's all right. It's gone now. <laughs> it's gone now. Yeah, we're we're yeah. not we're not fan of of of, of the the slippery ones. Yeah. Right. Can can I tell so. you
0: um, a fascinating fact about I Claudius that I can never understand, and will never believe, and will never forgive, and this is. At the 1977 BAFTAs, yes, Derek Jacobi got Best Actor, Sean Phillips got Best Actress, and Tim Harvey got Best Design, mm. but it did not win Best Drama. Do you know what won Best Drama in 1977?
1: 1977? Oh, no, no, Don't look it up yeah. because I
0: know... I just want you to well well <laughs> apart from green was my valley I, I, it's the only so that wasn't I'm... nominated I'll tell you the other nominees but, right well oh,
1: it's about the oh, it's the uh, it's about the time of the um jubilee isn't it it's not something queenie is
0: it no, well I'll tell you the other nominees Duchess okay. Duchess of Duke Street right the glittering prizes yeah. when the boat comes in now mm-hmm. none of those three won, and they're all really good uh, yeah the fourth one of the five um as well as this, was Rock Follies, yeah, oh God. and Rock Follies won the fricking BAFTA for best drama that year, and Crikey. it's the most atrocious piece of tripe I've ever <laughs> watched. Don't no, like its And <laughs> Maybe even worse than GBH. <laughs> Ooh. Well, letter R's a way off. I mean, it's astonishingly bad. It's of its time. It's kind of pop drama. Um, I know that Russell T yeah. Davies loved it, but then he would. He loves High Camp, but it was just fucking atrocious. Yeah. And that one best drama. What? 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 Have you seen Rock Follies? Didn't they do it? Have I, you seen it? they do it? Wasn't there a Rock Follies 2? There too? bloody well was, and I watched that as well. I was like, they right. can't have put it right wrong twice. Oh, yes, they can.
1: Oh, wasn't, was it the same cast in the second one as well? Yes.
0: Jeez. Dreadful. Ooh. The second series it was, might have been... The second series was called Rock Follies of 77.
1: 77, yes, that was it. Yeah, God. Oh. Oh. Just
0: yeah. dire. Dire, dire, dire. What happened there?
1: <sighs> Who votes on these things? Well, it's. I want to recount.
0: <laughs> well, it's the likes of the, it's all the writers and producers in the industry, isn't it? It's actually the oh, industry right. that that votes. So, mm. my lord.
1: I do. I do think sometimes. Uh, the, uh, and I know we've mentioned this before, but I think sometimes there is a there is a, a, a sort of of the time thing with winners of awards. Yes. That the the test of time is actually whether you remember it ten years later and. <clears throat> you know, and I think to a certain extent you get that. I mean, you know, Claudius was remembered and let's face it, Rock Follies was you know, I I don't imagine many people would, would have would have come up with the answer to that. No, exactly.
0: And I've I, o- I only know because I've always I think I looked back in the eighties and I was like, What? <laughs> and yeah. I've never quite got over it. And and then I well, wa- yeah, then I watched Rock Follies
1: and I was even more furious. <laughs> But when, you do the, when they do these, um, uh, you know, uh, Oscar winners for the last yeah years yeah, or whatever, yeah. and you look it up and you think, I've never heard of half of these films. Yeah. But they must have been big at the time, you know. Oh, I've just realised,
0: I haven't tell you, told you my moment of glory in the classroom. Oh, right. <laughs> you really sound like you want to hear this story. No, no, carry <laughs> like, on. Oh, oh, right. I don't know
1: it, I, you did mention it, so we do need to put it in, Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure you can, you basically sit at home editing new stuff. in. I do not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it was a (laughs) seminar, I think it was about two thirds of the way through the course, by which point I was always already, you know, doing much better than the classicists. And Mm -hmm. I remember Professor Wiseman talking about the reign of terror and about the plan that Sejanus had to become emperor, how could he as a common man and how fascinating this was. Um, and they started talking about, well, what were his options? And, well, Lavilla obviously, he was going to marry Lavilla because she was imperial blood. She was the granddaughter of Augustus. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what relation that would make her to Tiberius' uncle. Tiberius is her uncle. She's the niece, isn't she? Mm. And he's at, he goes to Capri to ask for Lavilla's hand and so he can become Tiberius's son-in-law. So I remember sitting in the classroom, and I was following all this, and I knew all the relationships, and all the classicists were shrugging and looking to the sky and thinking, who's, yeah. this, who's this turd from theology who knows all of the relationships? <laughs> and he was able to hold his own. as you pull
1: out, quote, who's this turd from theology? <laughs>
0: exactly. And then I said, of course, the other route was that he could have taken Helen, and 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 then Professor Wiseman sort of stopped, shocked. He's like, oh, 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 as if he should have known that. And he's like, yeah, oh, that's an interesting point from the theology scholar amongst us, he said. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, this is something I just took straight from my Claudius because Tiberius refuses yes. and he says, no, what about Lavilla's daughter, Helen? And then Sejanus goes back and Lavilla's like, you bastard, you bastard. She says, you bastard, how can you even do this? I want
7: to be married. You promised me marriage. Have you changed your mind?
3: No, of course not. Does
7: it suit you living the way we do? Darling, all that I have done, I have done for one reason. And that is to give us the right to be together. And that old goat is not going to stop us.
3: He did suggest something else.
7: Something else.
3: He said he said that he wasn't opposed in principle to a marriage link with his family. He suggested a marriage with your daughter.
2: You passed. Bastard. You bastard. I'll kill you. I'll- Kill
6: you! Stop it! You swine! To you filthy really swine! Stop it! No. Will you listen to me? Ah. Listen, if that is the only way we can be together, why not? Oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? To be in bed with mother and daughter, you bastard! You filthy bastard!
0: Uh, Patricia Quinn, we haven't mentioned how good she is. But, um. Yes, true. Um, But I was getting this this glory from my Claudius because I suggested Helen. And it's really funny because it wasn't actually until. Um, until last night in the bath, before I was in the bath, <laughs> that I was actually looking through... Old... Um,
1: cutting your veins, thinking I've got, I can't do Claudius justice.
0: <laughs> and I actually put a post-it in the book, which is written, Andy's Moment of Glory. Yay!
1: <laughs> in the bath, ma- madam.
0: And this is actually where um, it is actually in the actual histories. And it's in right. Suta- it's in Tacitus, chapter eight, um, and it's a little footnote. It's not even in the text because in the text it says the man who called Sejanus his colleague and son-in-law pardons himself, and then it's got a footnote of number one next to son-in-law, and it says, and this is a note written by the translator, I think, Michael Grant, who translates, and it says Tiberius had apparently intended to make Sejanus grandson-in-law, not son-in-law, as stated here. By betrothing him to Drusus's daughter Livia Julia, now I didn't spot this during my the- during my degree, and I think one of the things was I was so put off was because in I Claudius everyone has a different sort of pet name, so Drusus mm. is actually Castor, and the daughter okay. Livia Julia is actually Helen. Um, so I think I was put off from noticing it in the actual histories here, but. Um, right. But anyway, there's the actual historical fact that that is something that Tiberius suggested.
1: Okay. But that See, I, I, I I must admit I, I do sometimes find the, the the web of all the characters, you know, as 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 a as a layman. <laughs> yes. A little bit. I I kind of feel I'd like the family tree in front of me, but with photos of the actors.
0: <laughs> well, yes, that's what might, you need, isn't might, it? Yeah.
1: Because I would I would then sort of be able to trace things through. I mean, mm. but there's so many things there's so many moments uh you know with, throughout the thing really where you start to sort of join the dots i mean i i one of my favorite things is is well not favorite things but one of the favorite moments is the um uh when when his mother is announcing she, she's going to commit suicide this evening yes oh and you've got to remember to cut my hand off and all this kind of thing yeah because that just gives you such an insight into the the sort of cultures and uh, the culture and the, the lives of these people.
0: And of course, the fact the... the fact that she she doesn't trust him to do it in the end, which is so sad. Yeah. yeah.
7: I count on you to pay me the last rites, and remember, cut off my hand for separate burial. For this will be suicide.
4: It will be just like you to forget it.
7: And Claudius,
4: Claudius. Please don't make a muddle of the valedictory.
7: You may kiss me.
1: And then, of course, you've got the whole, you know, the whole Biggins episode, you know, which is in and of itself. Uh, you know, I mean, the, you could, you could do, you could, we could sit and talk about this for another hour. You know, it's, it's, there's so much
0: rich. <laughs> the little, so the, st- the, the little moment I love, the Nero moment that I particularly love is when they, they found the history and, and they, and then they see Claudius dead. And they see Claudius dead and Nero actually says to um, his mother, he says, oh, I feel a bit sorry for him now. Don't you? And she's like, no. She says, no, no, neither not do I. <laughs> I just love that. Yes. It was just like yes. <laughs> he's taking his leap only from his mother. Yes.
4: Is he dead? Yes. Yes, he's dead. Then
7: I am Emperor. Yes.
2: Oh, really? oh.
4: You are Emperor. Everything I ever dreamed of
6: has come true. Emperor. I am Emperor of Rome.
5: <laughs> I feel sorry for him, don't you? No. No, no. neither do I.
1: And what a pretty finger fire. Yes.
0: <laughs> Which is beautiful foreshad- foreshadowing, is it? Not? Yeah, yes, it is, isn't it? Absolutely.
1: No, it's, it's, it's just a great show. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, it's, uh, it's fabulous. I mean, we I tell you,
1: the other thing we haven't touched on, but we should is, because uh, we talked about the snake and we talked about the music, but the the actual the tiles to, to get the
0: message, and of course that infamous clavdivs <laughs> Yes, because that's what everyone's always called it and I've always called it clavdivs It's just what yeah. you call it, isn't it? Because of the yeah. the lettering
1: But it's an in-joke,
0: I mean that's yeah. the thing, it's purely the in-joke Now I thought, you see, I thought the big revelation
1: you were about to give me was, oh but there was actually a U in the Roman <laughs> alphabet <laughs> No, and therefore it's a conceit. <laughs> I was going to go. Oh well, there we go. Yeah. No, so.
0: you know. Um I think my favourite scene in the entire thing is, it, it, as I said, is the birthday for Olivia, but particularly because yeah. she has that moment where she's she's disparaging about astrologers and how they they all want to be loved. I love all that. <laughs> <laughs> a horoscope full of incidents and prophecy. I was amazed at it
4: myself. It was a present from Tiberius. Wasn't that nice of him? Of course what he really wants to know is how much longer I'm going to live. Oh, are you sure you... Oh shut the... up. It's a foolish mother who doesn't know her own son. And Did he find out? Oh yes. Yes. I shall die soon. Next year sometime. My son will be relieved. I, I shall tell him
3: nothing. It would be an unforgivable breach of professional ethics.
4: You're a liar. Like all good astrologers you're a liar. You can go now. They tell the truth about the future but they lie their way out of the present. Lady
3: let me reassure you I could be wrong. If your mother was mistaken over the exact time of your birth by by so much as a a fraction it could mean another 10 years of life.
4: You see they can't resist it. They're all so insecure these astrologers. They also want to be loved. Go away, Drusilla. You'll get no love here.
1: <laughs> well, of course, you get the fabulous Kevin Stoney don't you? Oh, as for Trillis. who I'm... is about to be, who is supposed to be thrown off a cliff. <laughs> yes, but
0: is still hanging around decades later. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, it seems to be decades, maybe. Mm.
0: It's not decades. Oh, I, I should, He's still there. I should just mention. I mean, have you been to Rome?
1: I have never been oh, to Rome.
0: Yeah. So, so Marisa and I went a few years. It, I say a few years ago. It was pre-John, so it's actually over twelve years ago and one of the most amazing, well two amazing things we did one was we went to Capri and we stood in Tiberius's old um, houses, buildings um, and looked over the cliff where Thrasilus might have come to an end and where um, historically anyone who Tiberius had not enjoyed that evening kind of found themselves on that, that dangerous path crashing into the sea right. so we went to Capri and very few people went on the trip, and we were so excited to be there and, and really felt the historical import of it. But we were basically mm. wandering around alone, which felt really amazing. Because you had mm. to walk quite a long way to the actual island off Capri where it was and then to walk up a hill to get to this bit. And there was, there was ruins, which was amazing. Mm. Um, and the other was when we went to the... In, in Rome itself. And we went on the last day, we'd, we'd checked out of our hotel, And we thought, oh, we'll go to this little museum that's just up from here, because we haven't been to this museum and it's close. We've got a few hours and it was only open in the morning. And I'll never forget, we walked into this one room and I suddenly thought, I feel this is important. I had a sense of something bigger than me and it was a beautifully um, painted room and basically the walls of the room had been removed from an original room in a building and had been put around the wall as if it was the actual room again and i looked in the guidebook and the little handout thing we got from them and it was actually livia's room
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and they'd actually you know hacked the wall off from from the palace and that's where it was recreated and so we're we're standing in livia's room and it was beautifully painted mural of, of of trees and birds and landscape and it was just the idea that we could possibly He's standing there <laughs> looking around us in a recreation of yes. the room with the actual walls and paintings preserved, and could yes. have felt something of what it was to be oh, Livia yeah. standing in that space was wow. was a really defining thing. That was like, this is amazing. And again, <laughs> and we were there alone again because it wasn't oh, a well known wow. museum, it's just bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, don't
1: lick the wallpaper,
0: yes. yeah, yes, don't lick the wall, brilliant, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, just, I just thought you were going to say, it. and we turned round, and there was Sean Phillips. Sean yes,
0: Phillips was there.
3: <laughs> Hello, Andy. How are you doing? Will they make Augustus a oh god?
4: Oh, yes. He is a god. And so shall I be one day. I prophesy. And he is another prophet. If Jove ever melts the sea off your name, what's left will turn out to mean Jackass. Bye bye, claw claw. All right, you can go now. <laughs> you... Wicked <We're laughs> woman! <laughs>
3: Wickedness! (laughs) What's this? (laughs) Uh, Augustus will? (laughs) Who stole it? His last will? Poison his queen?
0: I just wanted to mention one last thing about Livia from the actual, okay. from the actual I, Claudius, which is, um, it's early on in one of the, yeah, chapter three. I once saw a strange painting on the inside of an old cedar chest, which came, I believe, from somewhere in northern Syria. The inscription in Greek was Poison is Queen. And the face of poison, though executed over 100 years before Livia's birth, was unmistakably the face of Livia. So this is Robert Graves absolutely signposting. This is before anyone gets killed. What's going to happen? And that she is the face of poison on this chest. Therefore, it's all preordained. Now, I think that's Robert Graves overdoing it. Because that doesn't go into the TV series. He just has this moment where he shouts, poison is queen, poison is queen, at the end of an episode, doesn't Mm. he? But I think Pullman was right not to put that in. It feels like it's overreaking the pudding to me. Yeah, you
1: sometimes yeah. I mean, I, I, it, there's 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 credibility, isn't there? Yeah. Know? How much credibility can you, can an audience take? You know. Yeah. But then again, if, if, if the whole thing with the, so, the soothsayers really is, is kind of mind boggling in its own little way. You know? Yeah. Uh, again, when when you get to the the very uh, the last scene of of the of the whole show where where Claudius is actually dead. But he's still having a natter with the Sybil. Played
0: wonderfully you know? by Frida Dowie. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. Yes. It's a it's a it is it is a beautiful
1: scene, but you basically then get, oh, and this happens and then that happens and this this will happen and this, the you know, all that stuff he tried to do to save Britannicus yes. is is completely a waste of time because of this stubborn little <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Yes,
1: Twonk. You know. Twonk, I'm gonna say. And, ev- and everything seems everything seems sort of uh, depressingly familiar, that, but but they, that he is indeed the last of the Claudians, or, or Nero will be the last of the Claudians, and and uh, and you know, the stuff about it being time for him to go, and the, and the ferryman is waiting, and you know, it's just a short step to the boat, yes, and, um, and it's it's gorgeous, really.
5: It's time to go, Claudius. The ferryman is waiting.
3: There's- one thing you more.
5: can't put it off you can't stay here forever no i suppose not now close your eyes it's but a short step to the boat a short pull across the river and then and then I promise you, you'll dream a different story altogether.
1: I sometimes think with a lot of series, you really want to know, well, what happened next? Where's Claudius two? Where's you know? I want you know, and yeah, okay, we know, we know about Nero, we know you know about the fire and yeah. all that kind of thing. But but really, the, the sense I mean, the, the vague sense that the Roman em- Empire itself sort of staggered on for another thousand years in real, t- you yeah. know, in in a diminished form, you know. It, it it's it's kind of it's it's kind of there. You, is this the most exciting period of Roman history in terms of dra- dramatization? Would would you know if someone wrote a series of of the emperors hundred years later, it wouldn't have anything really happening? Would it just be administration for a hundred years? You know?
0: Yeah. Well, I was always marvelled by the fact that my friend Brian, um, who's very much reads books that I would never read, had read the history of the Roman Empire through these old volumes that was going going in and a modern history book as well, going into these later emperors, which no one ever looks at. Because mm. this is the this is the easy stuff. This is the accessible stuff, let's be honest. And I think even mm. Julius Caesar and the Republic is less accessible than this stuff. It's it's much mm. more um, exciting and it's got mm. it's more colourful, there's more characters. And there's mm. also more equality between women and men in the story. Which I think always yes, makes true. things more interesting. Yeah. Um, well, we never got Carry On Claudius, did we? No, <laughs> God. <laughs> but um, maybe
1: maybe if they'd made another couple.
0: Yeah. So um, I think it's it's such a time that's ripe for this sort of mm. this sort of dramatization and novel. And mm. Yeah, it's, it's. There are
1: there are certain periods of history where a lot happens, you know, and. And again, we talk about the Borgias, we talk about um the Cleopatras, you know there are these these should we say that they they, they take, can take the minutiae of of close examination because to be honest, a lot of us are still very ignorant of we, we know rough dates, we know roughly the order of the kings and whatever, but the same way we're not we're not really as aware of the the infinite detail of the Tudors or you know we get quite a lot of the Shakespearean kings. But generally speaking, a lot of us are a bit vague about what joins totally. a Totally. And, and I think it's
0: the same thing with um, I think our equivalent in British history is Henry VIII and his wife, wives. Mm. That's kind of the equi- our equivalent of the Julio-Claudian emperors. It's the kind of it's the most rich, it's got the most death it's got the most women, it's got the most scheming, and I think that's probably mm. our equivalent. And um, mm. there's very few of these periods of history that are so dynamic and exciting. Mm. Um... really catch your attention and people know about them as a result but i do wonder whether Mm. the italians know about them i'd love to know whether Ah. they're taught in school (laughs) about their own
1: italian history roman history well again i mean these days history is a a very international thing you know i mean i don't imagine you know i imagine there to a certain extent a lot of stuff that either isn't taught in german schools or is or is not mentioned and i imagine again you know when when italy was best i mean we don't we don't get italy sort of trying to to rebuild the times of when it was number one country
0: but <laughs> well, i think the thing with german history now is that um the germans actually have kind of made it their their um priority to teach about the holocaust mm. in schools and about what happened mm. so that but the, the what i've heard again. is that mm. people have become almost um inured to it because it's it, they've talked about it so much that they aren't mm. they aren't able to um be emotional about it because it's such a part of their character this apology yeah. for for the holocaust and for the war mm. and all that is just it's interesting that history the way they have taught history is kind of mm. almost made people um not emotional about it which i find mm. int- anyway that's a complete side part
1: but we have this whole whole winning side losing side thing and you know i mean you know, i don't know what, like japanese history lessons are like you know it's 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 a kind of weird weird thing that history sort of we we get a western view of history yeah. very much and we don't we don't really sort of we don't learn much about Persian history, or um, or even Far Eastern history to a certain extent. Apart from, we learn a bit about fireworks from China. But you know, we, I mean, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give you a list of ten emperors in in ancient China. Really,
0: no, you know, it's, nor I. Um, mm.
1: Although Brian, my friend, could. Oh, oh, oh this is it. I mean, th- this is why we have history. Yes. But, but in terms, of, but in terms of, in terms of. Uh, uh, how these things become known I mean to be honest I imagine in 1975 very few people would have known who Claudius was yes so, and yet in 1977 quite a lot yes. British people you know would have known you know I mean I know there were the films about Caligula you know the, the sensational yes um, uh, sort of things but so he was a name that was known but how he fitted into the wider you know, narrative, a, yeah. a wider, stu- yeah. wider narrative is, is is very much something that that this sort of television drama does very well, and that you know, I'm sure there are periods of history that that could be sort of and probably should be explored in similar detail, because you know, for people to get an idea, I mean, the the, the histories of Churchill tend to gloss over the stuff that people are less comfortable with. A history of the British Empire would be, shall we say, an interesting thing to be done now, yeah, in in rather than. The way it might have been seen fifty years ago, yeah. you know there there is there is this kind of uh, sense that people might not pick up a book, but they will watch Claudius. They will watch a series like this, and they'll get drawn into it. And at the end of it, they might actually learn something about the way the world worked and the way way we ended up where we are now. And that's that's no bad thing exactly. for any any
0: drama series to achieve. I mean, yeah. I think if you look at the success of something like The Crown now, which is quite hmm. very close history that is igniting people's interest again in in mm. in the reign of our present queen and how... Where we are now. Yeah, and I think that's fascinating that that is so popular and popularising recent history as well, that, that can be a mm. thing. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not... I'm, I have no truck with people who say that TV is not educational. I had a terrible uncle um, who... Uncle Ken, he was called. I'm going to name him because he was such a <laughs> vile person. Name and shame. And he would spend all of his time whenever he. Could. Kenius Maximus. Ken, yes, Kenius Turdius. And he spent all of his time telling me and my sister Alex that we were wasting our time talking about TV and watching TV, not having the mm. He was so sort of cloth-headed, not realizing that at the time it was our escape from trouble at home because yeah. our parents were divorcing and all that stuff mm-hmm. and we live for tv and mm-hmm. i would he would also say that there's no points in doing art subjects it was a waste of time you needed science and maths and he's just this mm. he's just you're wasting your time all the time it was so horrible and i used to have these fierce rows with him even though i was mm. probably too young to be having fierce rows with someone who was supposedly in authority but I would say no. I've learnt everything I know about the world from Doctor Who and from my Claudius and mm. from other series, and and I will stand by that. Mm. Um, but
1: but 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 this is the thing. I mean, I mean, people do tend to sort of say, "Oh, you know, television a bit throwaway." You know, even even you know some of the, the intellectuals will go to the opera, they'll go to the theatre, but they're a bit dismissive about television. And yet, television, in and of itself, gets to more people. Yeah. And teaches them, you know, subtly sometimes, but knowledge gets out there. Mm. And the thing that, that I feel sort of most incensed about, to a certain extent, is how much of it was dismissed as not being worthy and how much cultural vandalism happened purely by... I mean, we were talking, I was talking with Andy and Lisa last week about about Jacanori. Yeah. You know, and how much of that is just gone. Yes. And no one bothered to keep it. Yeah. You know, And again, when we talk about these great actors from that era in, in Claudius, some of these same great actors were, were reading stories to children yeah. in a brilliant way. Yes. And someone thought that wasn't worthy of keeping. I know. And and so we can talk about Claudius because we can see it. We can only talk about other shows in the abstract because somebody decided they weren't worth keeping. Even things that were so massively cornerstones of... of what people now consider the British culture, things like Hancock in the 50s, mm. but also some of the dramas in the 50s, they were just thrown away.
2: Yeah.
1: And they are not there now to be those cornerstones of our culture. You know? Yeah. And, and, and you wouldn't... I mean, OK, yes, people throw out, but so authors get forgotten. But, you know, the things that people remember, people publish again, they they republish. And these things cannot be retrieved. They're just gone. And that is one of the tragedies, really, of of that videotape purging in the late 60s and 70s, you know, because people genuinely believed they'll never be shown again, there'll be no interest. And here we are, 50-odd years later, talking about black-and-white programmes that nobody else has seen for God knows how long. But, you know, they still have value and all, all this stuff I mean all this chat we're having is because this stuff does as far as we're concerned as far as quite a lot of people are concerned has cultural value and is worth celebrating
3: mm-hmm. and help me too oh my father divine ruler of the world to calm the raging spirit inside me lighten the dark shadows of my soul and bring me peace peace
7: hypocrite Hypocrite. You sacrifice to Augustus but you persecute his grandchildren.
3: Grandchildren of Augustus do I persecute that he himself did not persecute?
7: I'm not talking of my brother Posthumus. I'm talking of me. Of me? All my friends one by one you either banish or you charge them with treason. And their only crime is friendship for me. Even Lollia, whom you could find nothing against you, degraded and humiliated till she took her own life? And now you've arrested Cilia Cecina.
6: And if you are not queen, my dear, have I done you wrong?
7: Oh, why do you persist in this childish belief that I want to be queen? Is it because you need to find reasons for the way you treat me?
3: And how do I treat you? You persecute me! I will not be screamed at even by the granddaughter of Augustus!
0: I think it's no... Exaggeration to say that I Claudius shaped shaped some of the way I think, and it made me it made me aware of things that I wasn't aware of. It, I'm um, hitting me at 13. I think it was mm. quite it was quite a um best time for it to happen. Absolutely peak yet, moment. and I think and I really just a couple of years older,
1: a couple of years younger. Well, I questioned. I
0: really up, questioned about whether mm. John should see it at age 12. And yeah. like I say, i edited edited his viewing so he didn't see Gamalas's head and he didn't see the death of Drusilla um, mm. but I told him about what happened and Marisa said you mm. told him too much you mm. didn't need to say that there was blood on John Hurt's lips <laughs> is what mm. she said but, <laughs> um, but um,
1: uh, I. Th- you see I, I, it's funny yeah. I remember when I was a child my we only had, obviously I was, I'm that old that we only had one television in the house but uh, if there was something on and my dad thought it was going to be a bit uh strong it just made me go out of the room for a few really minutes. so i spent so many moments oh, wow. of the the interesting bits of films stood in the hallway oh, bless we had a very heart. big mirror a very big mirror at the end of the, the hallway and i would i would basically say you need to just go out for a few minutes i'll give you a shout when you can come back oh, in again. <laughs> so you know uh parents will edit and and rightly so i mean you know i mean don't get me wrong I mean you know any kid nowadays if they really want to see something they can download it yeah phew, you know yeah in 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 moments but but I do think you you have to be able to say yeah I think that that stuck with me so much I think it's probably best if you don't see that until you're a bit older
0: yeah you know? yeah yes I mean, there's still a lot that he saw that I was thinking. Does he understand what this means? Like Messalina's competition with a prostitute, uh, and mm. and, Ag- uh, and mm. letting Nero. I, I, you know, that,
1: br- that brings up a question I was going to ask you: is is what do we know about Roman contraception? <laughs>
0: <laughs> hmm. Indeed. Nothing. I should, but I don't.
1: No, it just it just struck me that because you know there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dallying and there's a lot of who begat who, yeah. but actually there must have been an awful lot of vagueness over who. If, if all this dallying was going on. Oh, if, and so that was
0: that was the only thing I had not remembered in the entire production. The only thing that I have completely forgotten is mm. Claudius' suspicion that Britannicus is the son of Caligula. Ah. That's mm. the only thing I'd forgotten. That was the only thing I was like, oh my God, I've forgotten that totally. Mm.
1: Um, yes, I'm not even sure you are, my
0: Yes, Absolutely. because, yeah. and that suggests... Yeah, of course. You know, Messalina was introduced via Caligula, wasn't she? And yes, you can mm. see him having had her. Although um, well, everyone's mm. had her. <laughs> 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 it's
1: all right. He doesn't want her for that sort of wife. He wants someone who's <laughs> who's clever.
0: Oh yeah. See, I mean, that's another brilliant. Anyway, we mustn't keep going about brilliant scenes. No.
1: <laughs> so you could you could you could splice that in earlier if you like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, I suppose we're sign off. I think so. Um, it's been fantastic to watch it again. A lot of fun to talk about it. Um, yeah, I think it's it's certainly up there. Whenever you have the top 100 TV programmes, it's always well up there, isn't it? Um, it is always dis- and, and rightly so. But I do yeah. dispute these lists, but I don't ever dispute iClaudius' place in those lists. <laughs> yes. So, gosh. We've gone on a bit. <laughs> we have, but honestly... I think I think we're yeah. forgiven for this. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's worth it. I think it's worth it, and and it's it's certainly. I mean, if if you know, I don't imagine anyone who ever listens to this would ever have already you know have not seen it. <laughs> exactly. But if you if you've not seen Claudius, you know, it's a treat. Yeah. Get yourself in there, yeah. and you know, it's it's an amazing piece of television. Yeah.
0: Okay, wonderful. Um, so until we two meet again for um, the letter J uh, yes.
1: so something slightly less uh, intense I, I think guess. so, <laughs>
0: something lighter perhaps
1: something I can maybe keep track on and work out who the
0: characters are yeah. something with, that, Which something with are. that historical text beneath it as well <laughs> <laughs> and with a cast of less than 20 <laughs> yeah. ok, you've got your work cut out <laughs> right, ok then um, take care tatty bye. see ya <laughs>
3: Quintilius Varus, where are my eagles?
0: been listening to an a to z of uk tv drama with andy and martin next time jonathan creek